Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. Let's do it. Hey, guys. It's your boy, RJ the Brooklyn Savage, and I'm back with another edition of RJ and the Savage Squad show. And my guest today is my big bro, Mr. Drew Yari of the Drew Yari Show. Drew, how's it going? Pretty good. A little tired. Um, I mean, it's my day off. Uh, like it usually is on Tuesdays, Wednesdays. I, I I made the mistake of not going back to sleep when uh, my <laughs> girl left for work this morning. So as soon as she left, I was like, okay, now I can get some you know, get some winks in before you know one. And then that didn't happen. So I just took a shower, just got something to eat, and came home, and just you know did some gaming for a bit. So mm-hmm. I can already I already know tonight I'm just gonna like probably. I'm probably gonna crash early. Maybe take a maybe take a nap after the show, but now I'm ready to go. <laughs> all right, all right, and I I echo you on that too. I couldn't get any sleep this morning. Uh, I was up talking to a few people late last night, earlier this morning, and mm-hmm. yeah, just just reaching out to a couple of people about some future shows and stuff like that. So I was making the rounds, and I just couldn't go to sleep this morning. So I think I'm crashing hard probably after we get done wrapping this up too. So. <laughs> I'm definitely with you on oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with a nap, especially when it's your day off. You know, just exactly. You know, make sure you make sure you like shut those blinds off. Make sure there's not like a like an inch of sun getting in, and just crash. Like, like f everybody else, just crash. Turn your phone off, just crash. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and that's what I love to do too. Like, I, I love that. I love nothing but peace and quiet. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, we're not as bad as Nia Jax, granted, but we're doing pretty good. Yeah, there's no holes hurting around here, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell was that all about last night? Did, okay, did she... So, so um, for those who don't know, or for those who've been living on you for rock, last night, Nia Jax and, and Lana had a tables match. And at some point before the climax of the match... <laughs> All sexual puns aside, <laughs> Nia Jax went for a giant leg drop on the apron onto Lana. Lana moved. Nia Jax missed. Nia Jax sold the shit out of it to her to her credit. But then again, she might have legitimately been hurting. We don't know. Right. <laughs> and when she went to hold her ass to sell this thing, she yelled out, my hole. So um, I was like, what? I thought I was hearing things. I was like, nah, she didn't say that. And then I seen everybody talking about it on Twitter. I'm like, okay, I know I heard that correctly, so I'm not tripping. <laughs> did she actually fall? Like, I, I think did did she actually hurt her tailbone? It looked like it. I'm not even gonna lie. It looked that it looked like that tailbone ate all of that apron. And you know what they like to say all the time: the apron is the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> so I mean, it would not surprise me at all. If she actually really, and she's a big girl, and you know, right. sometimes big people don't know their own strength and the impact right. that they truly make against things. And whew, yeah, ugh. God bless her. But I mean, maybe this is a little bit of karma here <laughs> if she is hurt. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could be. Um, I mean, and also to her credit, she's been, you know, she's taking it like a champ. You know, she's not trying. I mean, and also, you know, as long as Nia's been on TV, she doesn't do the whole losing thing. So, you know, good for her. She's, you know, making fun of it. She's going on Twitter saying, you know, 
hallucinating my whole week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's good. It's good that she has a good sense of humor about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, it'd be kind of funny. It'd, it'd be interesting to see if WWE, like, you know, did something about it next week where, you know, they made, like, you know, jokes or, you know, or I don't even know. It'd be funny if they made a shirt, you know, saying, you know, whole, was it whole 316 says I just hurt my head. I'm telling you right now. That would be the first and probably last piece of Nia Jax merch that I would ever consider buying if they released that shirt. They have to. (laughs) If they're smart, then they would do that. And I have a feeling they're not because, you know, they like to pretend they're a family company. But it's uh, just if they're smart, they'll they'll capitalize on it. They have to. It'll be it'll be so perfect. Yeah, I know, right? That would be. That'd be stupid. That's like them capitalizing on the RKO out of nowhere stuff from a few, from a few years back. Remember when Randy Orton, when that first really got hot back in what? Yeah, late 2014, and they waited almost seven months later to start doing RKO out of nowhere shirts. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, what are you doing? You got to strike while the iron is hot, man. Yeah, you well, can't be doing all this. You, you you can't be waiting six or six seven months. You just can't. Well, this is the same company that apparently told Rusev that they weren't really chanting Rusev Day. They were making fun of them. Yeah, that, that's completely stupid. That's completely stupid. Yeah. It's it's like, and, you know, Kevin Castle said that that wasn't really over. That was kind of like a niche thing. It's, I, I disagree. Um, that, that was, he was over. He was over as fuck. Like, oh, was, yeah, that, he was. That was even getting over in other companies. Like, there was a, there was a, a Ring of Honor show that was chanting Rusev Day. Like that's how yeah. over he was, and WWE just for a reason just refused to capitalize on it. They refused. They just outright refused. I mean, with mm-hmm. the with the guest thing, you know, they they kind of they kind of had no choice but to you know strike while they're on the top. For the Rusev Day thing, I don't know if maybe they looked at it as like you know, oh, we were forced to put over Daniel Bryan. We're not going to be forced to put over anyone ever again, regardless of what the crowd thinks. It's like, um, that's how wrestling works, dude. If exactly. If your if your guys are getting over, you put them over. It's like, you know, Steve Austin. You know, when he did the whole, you know, you read your Bible. You know, awesome three six times style just whooped your ass. You know, that got over immediately. And Vince McMahon, you know, like Vince Russo, you know, Jim Cornette told the story. He was, you know, he saw the next night on TV. People were people had awesome three sixteen signs in the crowd. So he was like, hmm. same thing with The Rock. The Rock got himself over. By just and I don't know if you know the story, but there's like a thing on YouTube on uh, Oprah's channel, and The Rock was on there, mm-hmm. and he uh, he said, I forget what year this was. I, I think it was like '97, '98, and this is when he was still with the Nation. And right. He said he was out. He said he was out hurt, which is weird because I don't think The Rock's ever been hurt, or at least in wrestling. Though. And right. he had said, you know, he was coming back to TV and he talked to Vince on the phone, and he said, you know, just. Can I ask for one favor? When I come back, can I just have like five minutes of TV time just to say this on my mind? He's like, yeah, sure. So he said, well, he just talked from the heart. And when that happened, the people just went, oh, that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for this, you know, happy-go-lucky guy who's happy to be here. We want this guy. Right. And, you know, for whatever reason nowadays, WWE, I don't know if it's the writers or the agents or if it's just like a, like a spite thing of like, you know, we're not going to put these guys over because they 
you know, the fans want us to put over. And that's like, I, I, I really don't get it. It's, it's just, it's, it's just insane to watch. It's like, you know, Rusev Day. No, nah, we're going to give you more Baron Corbin. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no, not more Baron Corbin. That guy sucks. <laughs> He's awful. Oh, my God. Every time every time Baron Corbin hits my TV screen, I just got I just got to go. I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom. I got to continue to play Supercard or I, I got to I just I just got to go do something. I can't I can't stand to hear that guy's voice. I can't I can't stand his presence. That stupid smile he has on his face. That stupid ass crown. That which, outfit, that he looks gimmick, like shit, that, man. Which that gimmick is a year and a half old. Exactly, and I, I know that they never do the well nowadays. They don't do the King of the Ring tournament every year, but it's just it's stupid now. Like, let this man go back to being a lone wolf or whatever. He looks ridiculous. He looks ridiculous. Like five, five, six years ago, back in NXT, I'll at least give him credit. He had the heavy metal look going on there. But now he just looks like a fucking giant clown. And it's hard to take him seriously. They can throw in my face all the time, all they want, about him being a, a Golden Gloves champion. I don't care nothing about all of that. Like, he's just, he just sucks, dude. Like, I don't care. That's that's great for boxing and, and, and Golden Gloves competitions, but what does that do for professional wrestling? That's like being a bodybuilder. Oh, this guy bench pressed 450 pounds. That's cool, but what does that have to do with the wrestling ring? You know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, people I know that have met him say he's actually very nice. But yeah, just being nice doesn't mean anything. It's like, yeah, we get it. He's nice. He helps, you know, small school children uh, get to school without being harmed. He helps little babies across the street. But it's like, but he sucks in the ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's just like I don't want to see. It's like with Natalia. I said that Natalia seems like a sweetheart. She seems like somebody. Uh-huh. And if you met her, she would give you a hug and, you know, show you around and make sure you're comfortable, you know, working there. And yep. you know, she'd be your best friend for life. But it's just like, I don't want to see him on television. Like, I, yeah. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I think Natty is great. And I think that when she finally retires, she'll be a hell of an agent, trainer, coach, whatever. But right. I'm, I'm the same. When that, that fucking... When that shit hits, I'm like, I'm, I'm the same way, and I got, I got a little bit of heat on Twitter for that when I said it last year. No, not last year, actually, the year before, like around 2019 when they tried to give her the push against Becky in Canada, and I'm like, nah, it's just like nobody cares, and some girls like, I care, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you and you and your lonesome. Cause I, the girl's from Canada and she still didn't get an ovation. I'm like, yo, what does that? What does that tell you? Everybody gets a monster popping in hometown, but Natty got a, a spattering of applause, like Kevin Castle says. Like he got a, y'all got to stop tripping. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's always funny when you get those random messages. Like you know, mm-hmm. I care. Like they're like they're my fan. Like I remember, remember one time me and Kevin were talking on Twitter. And I, I completely forgot the basis of the, of you know the conversation was about, but I know I had to do with uh, Kenny Omega, you know, just oh boy, you know, tell with a stone. And some random guy who doesn't even follow me, I don't even think he follows Kevin, just what just put, you know what? I don't even think Kenny cares what either of you think. <laughs> I just, I just, 
I didn't bother replying because I just thought it was funny. Like, here's what I do now. Because I, I, I'll admit, I used to kind of fall into this trap of like, you know, replying to people who have like, you know, like 12 followers and they have an avatar with peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And <laughs> I, just, I just go, I look at their followers, I go, no, nah, not worth my time. And then there's people that have like the most random names and they have more followers than me. I'm like, well, how does this fucking happen? But that's not a good one. But it's just, yeah, I don't get why people. I, I I guess I do, but I'm at. The, but I'm now just like, wait, I I shouldn't get that. Where it's like they have to feel the need to, you know, put on their their white knight armor and come after me because I said bad things about their favorite wrestling company and their favorite wrestling show. You know, it's like it's like how AEW works right now. You know, you you mm-hmm. say even you give one little iota of criticism about the show, or you or you just say something that's not even that harmless. Or, or last week. <clears throat> Um, I forget which like website posted it, but they posted, I guess, like a tag match with uh, Moxley and and Pop versus whomever. And I just retweeted. I go, "Oh, look, another tag match." That's what I mean. That's all I put. <laughs> Somebody replied, "Well, God forbid they try to make tag team wrestling more meaningful." Again, looked at his profile. He had he he had an avatar. His profile picture was uh was uh. Fuck, who the fuck is that? Uh, Eddie King. He had Eddie Kingston as his profile picture. And <laughs> he had like, was it like 40 followers? I'm like, eh, no, not worth it. Not worth your time. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. People need to get over themselves. Like, they, and I guess it's a nice way to kind of segue into what, I was, what I'm about to say, which is mm-hmm. it's almost at the point where people like are mentally ill when it comes to their favorite wrestler. You know, case yeah. point, and, you, and you know about this because you actually, I think I saw you repost it. There's that, you know, that guy who is in his mind, he thinks he's a married to Alexa Bliss. Oh, goodness. Oh, you know, my friend Nadia, shout out to her. She said yesterday, she said, This is one of the reasons why I stayed clear of wrestling fans for a long time. And I'm like, You know, <laughs> I see you got a point. And I and I retweeted. I said that it's it's fans like this guys that give wrestlers. I meant to say wrestlers that creepy vibe of us. That's the reason why they feel so unsafe, you know, around certain fans is because of guys like that and guys like that that fucking guy that tried to kidnap Sonya Deville last summer. It's guys like that that ruined it for all of us, you know. Yeah, and it's just it—it's unfortunate, you know. Because I remember I was on—I was on your show. I think you're on either either you're on my show or I was on your show, right? You know, I said this that to be a to be a woman mm-hmm. in any, especially in, in the entertainment business, whether it's wrestling or if you be a single actress, it's terrifying because you have to deal with these creepy stalkers. I mean, guys still get them too, yeah. But you know, women obviously, you know, women get them a lot more, you know, and Right. Just to be in that spotlight is terrifying. You know, with, with Sonya, it was terrifying because, I mean, I was telling Kevin this when I had him on the show that, you know, yeah, we, you know, we, we all know Sonya's background. She's ex MMA, but at the same time, this guy came prepared. You know, this guy had, was at like duct tape rope and pepper spray. All he needs, a, all he could have, all he really needed to do was just pepper spray her and he could have just taken her out right then and there. He could have killed her. Yep. And so, 
what I was saying was that just because she can do it doesn't mean she should do it. It's like right. it's like the scene in was it in the in uh, the first Spider Man when uh Ben is telling you know Peter just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Right, right, just definitely. You can't beat somebody up doesn't mean you should beat somebody. Mm-hmm. So Sonya is obviously smart. So she saw that this guy came prepared. She went, "I'm getting the fuck out." Of like mm-hmm. I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm gonna take my friend with me. Um. So yeah, she luckily got out of that, and now she's obviously. I mean, I don't know how she's thinking on over that world, but I can imagine she's not 100 percent as far as like mental. Like she's still like you know this this guy can come back in a minute or somebody else could, or even like copycat. You know, mm-hmm. case in point, you know Alexa. She's dealing with this guy, and I remember I saw her post about it before, where this guy is act was actually making accounts, like different accounts, because he would tweet at her and send her DMs. And I remember she commented, she's like, "Okay, I've already told you I'm not interested. You keep making new accounts, I'm still not interested. I'm going to call the cops." And you see this guy post, you know, "I'm not mentally ill. I'm just going to take out her fiance Ryan." whatever his name is and you know i'm gonna pay alexa a visit and it's just like the cops better intervene i know i know the whole the cops will literally not do anything until something actually happens but they really should consider intervening Mm -hmm. and it's just hope i mean again we're not alexa i mean I, i i can't speak for you i'm not an alexa fan um, but at the same time, I don't wish death on her. I don't wish any ill, Ill will on her. I, you know, I hope she's okay. I hope nothing bad does happen. I hope this guy does get taken care of before something does happen. Because we don't... Uh, I mean, we don't need the same thing that almost happened to Sonya, even worse. I mean, because... Um, I'm trying to think of the actress's name. I mean, Kevin Castle, I know she doesn't really shoot him up. But like, there was an actress back in the 80s and she was on this hit TV show, and I can't remember the name of the TV show, but she uh, she had a stalker, and mm-hmm. she had one of those um, apartment buildings where, like, somebody can buzz you down. You can just come right down to the gate and you know talk to her. Yeah. So he uh, found out where she lived, and he buzzed her down, and you know said, "Hey, I'm your biggest fan." Blah blah. blah. And she and, and she was nice about. It. She's like, "Oh, well, thank you." And then she mm-hmm. just went back to her house. He comes back with a with a knife and buzzes her down again. Mm-hmm. When she comes back down. He ends up he ends up stabbing her, and then she dies. I think I remember that. I forgot what the lady's name is. That's not the time I heard that before. And of course, you got the Selena stuff too. Although that's slightly different, but like you like that, you just like yeah, that was kind of right. You see things like that sometimes. You're just like, what the hell, like. Ah. Like you say, you're a big fan yeah, of somebody like, and you murder them, like that's just why because they didn't give you the attention that you dreamed of having. That's stupid to me. I don't get that at all. And and people, oh my god, it's very crazy. That's why you know, like you said, you you can be a big fan of somebody, um, but. As a human being, you, you have to feel for some of these women and what they go through. They go through a lot of these crazy people 24-7. And I see some of the stuff on my timeline sometimes. And I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, are you serious? Like, uh, 
like is this what we're really doing in 2021 like this is this is crazy like i have my i have my female favorites you know as far as like wrestling and all that other stuff goes lord knows i talk about tony storm to the umpteenth you know hell but i'm never i'm never tweeting at tony storm i just you know obviously she doesn't have a twitter account but even when she had it before i would never go like hey tony how you doing you know uh, tagging Tony Storm and uh, I totally want to suck your ass. Uh, like I'm not doing anything like that. I will never do anything like that. That's stupid, you know. And at that point, if I ever did do that, like I would deserve to be blocked. You know what I'm saying? Or, or whatever else happens right. after that, because you're out of line. There's a line you don't cross. So people have to just bear all that in mind. And it's just, it's very scary. And so I really, really feel for a lot of the women and what they go through. And like you said, guys have them too, but it seems like it's more of a common thread with the women though. And it's just a terrible position to be in. It really is. So, you know, with that being said, I hope Alexa, you know, they can get to the bottom of this, find this guy, sniff him out and put him away. Get, the, get this guy the help that he deserves and, and needs before he winds up doing something very, very crazy. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to like, and just to kind of close up the topic, because I don't want to make this show too much of a bummer with this topic, but it's just like, it's just, yeah, just people need to help. People need help. There's a lot of people that do need help. You know, they, I, I don't know if it's like a traumatic childhood thing or people are just kind of naturally, they, they're, they, gradually become that way over time when you know they see someone on tv and go i know them i love them you know i i left them a comment on their instagram and they liked it or they hearted it and it's again yeah just you know people need help because you know i would never wish death on anyone you know again uh, same thing same thing happened to Paige. somebody showed up at her house and yeah Paige has me blocked on twitter but again i don't hate Paige. i don't Wish death on Paige. I don't wish anything bad happened to Paige. Just that shouldn't happen. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't want people to take this the wrong way. When when you're famous, it's kind of you know like what Kev would say. I'm just paraphrasing. Just it's par for the core, par for the yeah. course. I mean, but it's something that you expect to happen, but it shouldn't happen. And when it, any anytime it does happen to somebody, it's unfortunate. Anytime it gets, it goes a little bit too far and there's a line crossed, it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking. So again, the last thing we want to hear or see is like, you know, something happened to Alexa Bliss or something happened to Paige or whomever. Right. But yeah, these, uh, these people need to get help. They need to get the help they deserve, you know, and someone needs to intervene before something goes out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's just, oof, it, it, it's a big, giant mess. And that's why I never, <laughs> I never really cared to be famous or anything like that. Just because that fame, man, it comes with a lot of different things. And it's just, it's not a lot that you even want to deal with. Just looking on the, looking on the outside, you know, and looking at what some of these people go through, it's, it's very crazy, and it's just nothing that I really want. So, <laughs> yeah, we just wish we just wish all of them the best. Oh, was that Drew? I was. Gonna, I'm, I'm sorry, Anika. I was saying I'm too anti-social to be famous. Yeah. 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 You there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You was breaking up a little bit. I was saying. I'm- 
I was saying, I was just making a dumb joke. I'm like, I'm too anti-social to be famous. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and that's me to a certain degree too. Like, I don't need my circle is small. My circle is small. Don't don't get me wrong. I appreciate a lot of the people that I interact with on Twitter and everything like that. And it's always uh, a blessing and very humbling that, like, you doing what you're doing, like, touches certain people and stuff like that, whether it's through the podcast or, or through the eFed stuff that I do. Like, it, that's always humbling and stuff like that, but I always keep my main circle small, you know? Because you have to, that's right? I've always been. Yeah, it's all, man, that's how I've always been. It's always, uh, that's always, that's how I've always, that's how I've always been and still continue to be because, you know, like, I can't imagine having 20,000 followers. Like, to yeah. the extent of, like, somebody like a, like a Joe Rogan. You know, he, he has that fame, like, you know, and same thing with, like, Kevin Smith. I can't imagine having that kind of fame where you just put a picture of, like, a, like your dog and you get, like, 5,000 likes and 10,000 retweets. You have people commenting, you know, heart, 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 cute dog, heart, 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 cute dog. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just putting my phone on silent. I'm not even really paying attention. It's just, like, I just, I can't really imagine having that kind of thing. I really can't. And I don't even know how I deal with it because, you know, I made the joke that, you know, I'm too antisocial to be famous. I mean, it's, it's kind of true because, like, it all depends on the day. Like, if I'm having a bad day, I'm having a mm-hmm. bad day and I don't want to be around anyone. Right. So, if I'm famous, I'm going to be staying at home most of the time because I don't want to be around people. Even when mm-hmm. I'm in a good mood, I don't really like being around people. So, um, and I've always said, you know, going back to the whole keeping your circle, you know, small, is, you know, the less friends you have, the less drama you have. You know, that when is you very, have, that's true. It's like, it, yeah, it's like I know people that are like, I have three hundred friends. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how do you deal with that shit? <laughs> like you look at their yeah. friends list, it's like one thousand friends. Like how? How do you have that many friends? Like I, I call, I call, like Jim Cornette would say, bullshit and shenanigans. Like I, just, <laughs> I can't imagine having that many friends to deal with. Um, so yeah, just I, I'm, I'm glad my circle's small. I'm mm-hmm. glad I just have like, you know, again, someone like you. I consider, you know, not just a friend but family. Mm-hmm. And, right, and likewise. And and also, I'm a, I'm very careful about who I refer to as a friend. Like, if I refer to you as a friend, then you basically have my trust. You know, I refer to you as a friend. I refer to Kevin Castle as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Same thing with Monty. I refer to Monty as a friend. And there's very few people I refer to as friends. Yeah, and and. and... And I'm very selective with a few words myself. Like, if I'm really, really close to you, I'll just call you my brother. You know what I'm saying? Right. And there's only a few people that really get that luxury. Or if I call you a brose, like, that's that's really next tier right there, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, friends, I don't... Because people use that word so loosely nowadays. Oh, that's my friend, right. but yet and all, like, you don't behave like a friend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so the meaning of a friend to me is kind of dead. So to make up for that, like I'll call people my brothers. I call female friends of mine. I call them sisters and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. And, and, you know, and I just try to live and coast the best way I can with dealing with all that as well. And I tell you right now, you know, 
<laughs> you say you don't like the fame and you don't want your phone ringing off the hook 24/7. Well, I only have what I'm a few I'm a I'm 100 followers shy away from getting 3k followers on Twitter. Mm. But damn, if my my phone don't ring off the hook 24/7 off of Twitter alone. <laughs> yeah, I I'm at I think I'm at 492, which again, I'm fine with cuz wow, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. I really, I honestly don't care. I mean, because, you know, we, when we were talking with Kevin, you know, he was just saying, you know, as long as you guys are having fun, like, I'm, I'm in, I'm doing this to have fun. You know, it's good. Yeah. It's good to have the perks. It's good to have, you know, the fans that listen to the show. And it's also right. good to make money because now I just started making money on the show after doing this for three years. Um, right. Which, again, I'm not looking for that kind of Joe Rogan or Kevin Smith or, you know, Don Tony kind of fame i'm just here to have fun i'm here to talk with interesting people and have a great conversation um i'm not here to do interviews i hate it i'm just here to have a good conversation with anyone you know whether it be you or kevin or someone new like it's always good to have a conversation with somebody new because you never know what you might learn from them you might even learn that you have something in common with them or they have something in common with you exactly and you know what you saying that that's one of the main philosophies of this show right here is getting people on from different walks of life, you know what I'm saying? Different paths, you know, and, and, and just hearing what they have to say. Like I, I truly sit back and let every person that comes on this show, I let them talk and, and get their voice out there and to see how different that you are from another person. Like to me, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. And uh, you know, that's from what I've seen, and what I hear of, like other people feel the same way. Like it's 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 definitely fun to get different people on and hear their different views and, and points. And even if you don't agree with it and stuff like that, which is fine, that's cool. Like I never under I will never understand. Oh, you have to be like me in order to like appreciate me. And I'm like, no. Like I appreciate everybody, even if it's a different religion. If you believe in Allah, so what? Like you know what I'm saying? Like any of your business like i'm not judging i'm not saying oh that's wrong or nothing like that you know what I'm saying you you do you and you know that's that's a part of the the open-minded culture that i have personally so yeah exactly um you know uh you know for example i, I had joe joe numbers on the show last year and that was that was a different that was something different you know on the show because mm-hmm. You know, he's, I mean, yeah, he likes wrestling like us, but he also thinks very differently. So I, I'll be honest, I was a little intimidated when I had him on the show because I had been listening <laughs> to him for so long and I'm just listening to him talk. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll admit right here on the air, you know, I, I think I screwed up on that show because, you know, I, I'm just going to admit it right now. I get nervous before any show, mm-hmm. before any show, whether it be having you on, Evan on, or Nish on. I always get yeah. nervous because there's always that thing of like, oh God, what if the internet cuts out when I'm talking? You know, what if I forget to press record? What if I forget to set up the audio? Which that's actually happening to me before where we'll be talking for two hours and I'll listen back to the audio and it's just me talking. Wow. Oh no. And that happened to me one time. I had Andrew Carlick from, from Fall Scott Radio. We we're, we're first time I had him on, we were talking for two hours and it was a good conversation. I listened back. It's just me talking. I'm like, and I look back at the audio. I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding?" Me? I, like, I almost cried. I wanted to cry so hard. 
and I probably would I, I probably would have cried. Oh yes, I messaged him back, and he was nice enough to come back for like another hour and a half. But it's just like I just made probably one of the best episodes I've done, and no one's ever gonna hear. It. Um, yeah, yeah, with Joe, with Joe, yeah, it's just I, I. That was the first time I actually really did feel intimidated because I'm just like, and and not because Joe's mean. Joe's actually a very nice guy. He's actually very down to earth and chill. But it's just like yeah, I felt he like is. Kind of thing and I think yeah. I messed up on that. Mm-hmm. Pers- personally, to me, I think I messed up on that show. Joey Numbers, man, that's the man right there. <laughs> that's my dog. I, I, you know, I love Joey Numbers, even though you know, you know, I'm from Brooklyn and he's from Boston. You know, we're not supposed to quote unquote like each other. They say. But I love I love the hell out of Joey Numbers. That he he gonna shoot it to you blood raw, and that's the kind of people that I like. You know what I'm saying? He ain't gonna tell you what you want to hear. He gonna tell you how he feels, and you can like that shit or you don't. Either way, you ain't gonna make him no different. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Joey Numbers, man. Salute to that man. One of the main inspirations why I do this stuff too. You know, it's it's guys like him, Mish. You know, Don Tony, Kevin Castle, you that you know that help get me here to this dance today, you know, just listen to you guys over the years and it's just getting your opinions out there and telling you stories and this, that, and the other, like it's perfect. It's perfect. And it helps inspire and fuel me to be better too. So definitely a pioneer in my book and solo monster too. A shout out to him. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I kind of feel the same way about everybody. Like every, everybody is an inspiration to me. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, wrestling suit. They were a big inspiration. We started, and yeah, same thing with DTKC. You know, and everybody is still an inspiration. Everybody inspires me to get better. You know, even even you. Like I listen to you know the shows of you and Monty, and I I'm just like, you know, listening to anything you say. Everything you say, you know, either makes me laugh. Most of the time, you guys make me laugh. But I listen to you guys. I'm just like, you know, that was a really good point. Like I. I, I strive to make myself better by listening to other shows, regardless of right. You know, this person's been around for 15 years. This person, this person's only been around for a year. Like, you can always take inspiration from anyone, regardless if it's new or old. Like, you know, it. it best example I can give is, uh, you know, Dejounte Murray of the Spurs. He, you know, he had he just had a really good game last night. He had like I think 27 points and eight steals. And ten, mm-hmm. you know, eight steals is you know career high for him. And you know they beat the Warriors, which is a pretty big win. And he said, you know, he still strives to make himself better. You know, he does he how he does that is he doesn't like yesing. He wants people to tell him, this is what you're doing wrong. This is how you need to right. get He wants people to tell him you suck at this. You need to improve it. And he has Greg Popovich as his coach, so of course you're gonna oh, have yeah. somebody you know, that's going to get in your face and say, you know, get better, get better, get better. I mean, this, this mm-hmm. is the same guy who would, you know, get in Tim Duncan's face and go around and say, you know, you got to exactly. get better. So Exactly. Want, and and, and, I, it, and the thing about Pop is that he is the longest tenured coach in, in basketball history. Like, that man ain't never quit, never got fired, never took a leaf of absence. This man been on his job for as long as I've been alive. I'm not exactly how sure how long he's been the coach of the Spurs, but I know it's been for a big piece of my life. 
I'm 26. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be 27 in June. And that guy has been the coach ever since <laughs> when David Robinson was still there. He Way was, before uh, that. I, I know he was an assistant coach, and that was actually the year that David Robinson got hurt. And they tanked mm-hmm. that year to get Tim Duncan. Right, which is smart on their part. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I remember, like, Charles Barkley making jokes. Like, oh, they tanked that year. It's like, yeah, so what? They got Tim Duncan. Who gives a shit? Exactly. <laughs> I would tell Char- you. Man, Go ahead. Man, Charles Barkley just mad because he never won a championship. That's all That's all that is to it. Barkley just mad because his one-dimensional game wasn't enough to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, he, he had chances, and he ran into a brick wall known as Michael Jordan. So, yeah, but that, the, but that goes to my one-dimensional point. Like, he was just a, he was just a paint guy. A paint guy, he didn't do anything else for his team. It wasn't like Charles Barkley was this great facilitator or anything like that. He was, catch me down low, I'm going to dunk the ball for the most part, or I'm going to lay it up. That's all there was to Charles Barkley. And when you take that into consideration, when you're going against guys like Michael Jordan, and you're going up against other guys, they're going to they're gonna expose you every time. So, you know, Charles Barkley, he can just go, you know, continue to be bitter on TNT. Funny guy. Charles Barkley makes me laugh, don't get me wrong, but, like, whenever he tries to diss somebody about a championship, I always go, well, Charles, how many rings you got, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, he, he, likes ticket, he likes ticket shots at Draymond Green, who pretty much reminds me like a younger version of Charles Barkley, like as far as like them having attitudes and everything like that. Right. But Dr- at least Draymond Green helps contribute to his team in different ways, and he's got rings on like you, bro. So. <laughs> and plus, by the way, Drew, yeah, you, should be, you should be offended. Charles Barkley always takes digs at you guys as women down there in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, he does it every now and then. It's at the point where it's just like, okay, we get it. It's like, dude, you, why doesn't anyone ever turn around and be like, dude, you're you're fucking fat as hell? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that's what and that's what I said too one night. Cause I, was, I was getting sick of tired of it too, to be honest with you. I was like, this guy talks about the same shit every time they're in San Antonio. I'm like Nigga, wouldn't you the one that got caught eating the Big Mac at practice instead of practicing? It's like, like so. Weren't you the one? It's like, weren't you the one that threw somebody through a window? Like, dude. Yeah. Dude. Like all these, yeah, other, these, all these other odd incidents he's had over the years, and he's the one that's poking fun at people, especially when he when he when he talks about the women being fat. But this man got caught on practice eating the Big Mac instead of practicing. Like what? <laughs> I said, "What the hell?" They said he would eat big, big burger, big burger meals on the road before they they would play games, especially when he was in uh when he was in Philly. Still, I was like, "Goodness, it couldn't be me." Good lord! Yeah, it's just when when you hear about these athletes that just they can't take care of themselves, it's just unfortunate. Mm. You know, it's like same thing with Shaq. You know, Shaq. I think if he had kept himself in shape, he could have really been i mean he is i mean don't get me wrong he's had success but you know in his later years he, he couldn't take care of himself like he couldn't keep himself in shape i mean the whole story of you know him in la is that you know kobe you know would get on Shaq about his weight you know, kobe didn't like the fact that Shaq, you know wasn't keeping himself in shape and that's why the whole team was, i mean that was maybe one of the reasons i mean i know there was like a multitude of reasons but that was probably one of the main reasons because Shaq didn't keep himself in shape. And towards the end of his, you know, run, he kind of, 
became a parody of himself in some areas. I mean, yeah, yeah he, he won a championship did. in Miami. He won a championship in Miami, but that's about it. He couldn't really do anything else after that. Um, you look at someone like David Robinson, who's still in like tip top shape, even at like age, was it 50, 50 something? Yeah, and he's got to be. Hey, they don't call them the Emerald for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. So, I mean, for big men, especially in basketball, if you don't keep yourself in shape, even in your older years, you know, something bad. Yeah, man, you're not gonna you're not gonna last either. Like you just you just not like there's a there's a few players that still are in the league that are like in their early forties, but that's because they keep themselves in great physical condition. And that's the name of the game is try to do that. Yeah, right. Like with Vince Carter. Vince Carter lasted well into his forties and you know, he's someone that maybe should have called it a day, you know, a while ago, but he still kept playing because he was like, I can still play. You know, mm-hmm. as long as I still keep playing. You no, know, same thing in like, you know, shifting gears to the NFL. You know, Tom Brady is forty three. I think he's I believe he's forty three and he's got seven championships. And, you know, we don't know when he's gonna quit. I mean, personally, I think he should quit now because he's got seven championships. That's more than that's that's actually more than the Steelers. Yep. And you know what else does he have to prove? I mean, he's really. I mean, the only reason why he'd be staying on is just for fun, you know, because I I still think I can play, I still can play, but it's just I guess from more of a, I wouldn't say a moral, you know, you know, thought process. More just like you know, kind of simple. It's just like, dude, you really have nothing else to prove. You're done. <laughs> he doesn't. You've already, proved, you've already proved yourself, you know. And but I don't know. Just, again, we can't really. We can play armchair quarterback all we want, but it's just like, yeah, these people are just going to do whatever they want because they can still do it, and that's that's just scary sometimes. Yeah, of course, and you know, congratulations to them. I mean, goddamn, they beat the holy shit out of the Chiefs the other night. <laughs> Oh, yeah. they really Pat did. Mahomes. I was like, oh, yeah, man. that's probably the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, I know, right? That's probably the worst I've ever seen him play, too. Like, that was the worst. Like, that I was kind of half tuned out because I mean, I was just like, damn, like, this is just an ass whooping right here. I, already, I tweeted at the halftime, I'm like, this game's over already. Like, you can stick a fork in these guys, they're done. And people were inboxing me, like, oh, man, no, there's still time. I'm like, nah, this game is done. This game is cooked. <laughs> it's like Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady ain't letting their foot off the gas, man. It's done. It's like this ain't gonna be like the Falcons and the Patriots. Like Tom Brady is not gonna allow this team to come back. Like he is gonna finish them off until they, until they have nothing else to do. So it's That's just, right. yeah, but, exactly. Uh, and, and the Buccaneers was just relentless. That defense was crazy, crazy, relentless. And it's just like, damn, dog. Like, <laughs> this is a super bash, not a super bowl. Because the, the Chiefs got a <laughs> shit kicked in. <laughs> this is bad. Just bad. Just bad stuff. Pat Mahomes, man, you got to, you know, you gotta, you know, you better do your homework this summer, kid. That's all I got to say. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he'll be fine. Um, he's, he seems, I mean, he's young. He still has a whole career ahead of him. I just, I just hope it's not like an Aaron Rodgers career where he is just really good in the season and then takes a complete dump in the in the postseason. I mean, I, how many how many players we see like that, like between basketball and football? 
like Russell Westbrook getting all these triple doubles every night. So when it comes down to the playoffs, this nigga getting bounced in the first round. Same thing with James Harden. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we we've seen this before all the time. You know, in in different sports, guys showing out in the in the regular season. And I'm just like at this point, I give LeBron credit, especially when he's in Cleveland the last year. Like he was really saving all his energy for the playoffs, <laughs> especially in the last two years. Like and the players yeah. probably have to take start taking note of that too. Instead of you know spinning your tires during the regular season, how about save it save it for the postseason? Yeah, it's like, you know, again, I'm not a LeBron fan at all, but mm-hmm. I can, I respect his game. You know, and I respect success. He he actually shows up in the postseason. And when he gets beat, it's because he actually got beat. I don't think it I don't think it's a LeBron thing, I think it's a teammate thing. Um yeah. but yeah, same same thing with like a James Harden. It's like people gush over James Harden. It's like, oh he he have a he has a triple double. He, you know, he has <laughs> He has 40 points and 20 rebounds and 20 assists and blah, blah, blah. And then come time for the postseason and he gets bounced out of the second round. Yep. Which is why I'm looking at this Nets team and everybody's just like, oh, they're scary. They're going to get beat. And I'm just like, yeah, just wait for the postseason. Wait for the postseason. Because I can guarantee you Kevin Durant's going to have to carry that team. Yeah, and that's probably that's probably the only way they're gonna win, honestly. Because Kyrie Irving, you don't know what his uh, mood swings and when they're gonna land, or you know, when is he gonna fly off the handle again? And James Harden, just he's shown his track record has shown that he's incapable of doing anything in the in the postseason. Like they gave him Dwight Howard, they gave him Jeremy Lin, you know, they gave him they gave him Westbrook last year, his supposed best friend. And they still didn't do anything. They gave him Chris Paul, one of the greatest point guards in this uh, in this generation. You know what I'm saying? And they still couldn't get it done. So, like, what more do you really want at this point? And if they don't, if they can't do it, it's for a couple of reasons. Like I said, Kyrie Irving flies off the handle again. Kevin Durant gets hurt. James Harden just implodes. And plus, let's not forget the fact that the Nets pretty much traded off. Just to get James Harden too, Jared Allen, that guy's gone. That's the big man in the middle right there. And DeAndre Jordan, there's some talk of trading him because he don't look like himself anymore, according to some sources in the Nets organization. So I guess we will have to see what the hell they do. Um, yeah, just yeah, the Nets. Just I don't know. To me, the Nets ruined their team when they got KD and Kyrie. Honestly, in my opinion, I thought when they had D'Angelo Russell and they had all those young guys, I thought that's, they looked really promising there. Um, but now it's just like, okay, super team, the super team bullshit taking over this organization. And it's just like, eh, it's whatever. And then people, people will chalk it up. Oh, you're just sour because they didn't come to the Knicks. Look, Kyrie Irving's one of my favorite basketball players and KD. I love his game too. Cause it's all around, but I don't want the issues in New York either because that's the last thing we need in the media. Oh, oh LOL, Knicks. Kyrie Irving done left the team. He done disappeared. Could you you would imagine if Kyrie Irving would have did, did what he did to the Nets by leaving, going home, doing whatever he did, and be missing in action for a few games? You would imagine the scrutiny the Knicks would get if that would have happened in New York with the Knicks? I can just I can just imagine Stephen A. Smith like he would just be ha- like blowing a gasket. <laughs> exactly, like he would have hey, more than he does now. More than he does now because of the news. 
I mean, which granted the Knicks had been playing a lot better mm-hmm. uh, as of late. But uh, yeah, it's just players nowadays. It's like it's almost like wrestling. You know, you have all these you know players in this generation that are just like you don't know where their heads at. They they try to they try to treat this game more than it should be. And you know, listen, I get it. You want to use your platform to do more. And other athletes, other athletes have done that in the past, like Jen Brown. You know, he used his status as you know great football player to you know do something with civil rights. You know, Muhammad Ali did the same thing. Um, I'm I'm blanking on a few names. You know, David Robinson. You know, did a lot of charity work. You know. Uh, Greg Popovich of the Spurs, you know, he uses his platform to voice out, you know, how he feels about what's going on in the country. And he's also actually doing something about it. He's not just talking about it. He's actually, you know, helping out, you know, with the community, you know, working out charity and whatnot. Um, but for someone like Kyrie Irving, who I'm just paraphrasing here to say things like, you know, I, you know, I get tired of talking to the media. I don't want to talk to the media. Well, it's like, Someone needs to tell Kyrie Irving, just shut the fuck up, please. Like, just do your job. Like, yeah. You don't even have to just put on that fake smile and that fake, you know, million dollar smile and just answer these stupid questions. That's all you got to do. Yeah. You know? A lot, a yeah. lot of these things are just soft. You know, you look at Kevin Durant, you know, great player. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, he hasn't been doing this recently, but, you know, he would always laugh a handle. You know, he would always respond to just anyone on social media. He, um, you know, would make burner accounts just to shit talk other people. You know, and you know, there's a whole instance where he told the media, you know, I'm only here because I have to be. You're not my friend. I don't care about either. It's like these guys unanimously voted you as MVP. Just mm-hmm. shut up and do your job. Yeah. Like, and, and again, I don't want to do. I don't want to make this into a me saying shut up and dribble, but it's just like sometimes you guys need to need to shut up and dribble. Like, yeah. I like <laughs> like you're, you're here to die on. That's what I'm saying. Choose your hill to die on. If you want to help out in the community, great. If you want to use your fame as a platform to help out with other areas, great. But sometimes you guys need to maybe know your role in some way. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and those two guys, they just come across as drama queens, man. And that's just something that like you just don't really want sometimes. And one of my best friends, Deuce, shout out to Danny two times, you know. Even he gets frustrated with them sometimes. He's like, yo, like they're great players, but like they just bring too much drama and too much noise here, man. And it's just it's it's very stupid how they be acting. And he was pissed off when Kyrie took and disappeared. <laughs> you know, he was like, What the fuck? We bring this guy here, sound him to, you know, give him this deal, and he just fucking leaves whenever things don't go good and this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, well, that's Kyrie Irving for you. <laughs> I said, which is kind of odd because when he was in Cleveland, he never really acted like that, especially in the beginning. Like his first, like, four or five years in the league, you never really heard anything about Kyrie Irving. But Kyrie Irving was a guy that scored, like, 30 to 40 points a night. And then, like, when they lost to the Golden State Warriors, that's when Kyrie Irving started, like, really, like, bugging out. And ever since that point in time, I start just becoming less and less of a fan of Kyrie Irving because he was one of my favorite one of my favorite players, like, almost 10 years ago, you know? Like, watching that guy, like, dribble and, and, and just score the way that he does, like, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But his personality just turns me off, man. And, like... <laughs> 
it's it's a package deal sometimes, you know, even with wrestlers, you know what I'm saying? Like if you 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 feel a wrestler's skill, but then you, you hear them say stupid idiotic things that kind of rubs you the wrong way a little bit sometimes, you know. Yeah, you, know, you know, going back to what you were saying him in Cleveland, he he had LeBron. He had LeBron there to kind of keep him in check at some points because again, say what you want LeBron, say what you want about LeBron. LeBron make sure that there's not too much drama on his team. You know, he, in some ways, is, I guess, somewhat of an enforcer. You know, make sure that, you know, guys are getting along, guys are kind of keeping the running straight. And it's just weird because Kyrie, again, another guy I liked, goes to Boston, you know, and it looked like he was going to do something with that team. But then, again, his attitude just, his ego and his attitude got in his way. He thought he was a lot better than he was. And the team obviously didn't want anything to do with it. So when when he left, that team was you know happy he was gone. And again, someone like AD, who's easily like one of the top three, top five players in the league, but he just has this ego. He again, everybody has an ego, but you got to keep your ego in check. You got to learn to keep your ego in check. And Kevin Durant just over the years just and again he hasn't done this lately. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it'll happen. Sometimes it'll leak, you know, it'll leak out. And same thing with uh, James Hart. I don't know if he, he seems like someone who has, who allows that ego to get into it. Like he's in Houston and they give him pretty much everything. They give him all these shooters, they give him all these, you know, great players. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know what to do with them because he doesn't know how to handle being that top dog. Because if anyone can remember, he was a sixth man in Oklahoma. He was. When he was in Oklahoma, he was he was the sixth man. So this guy can't really be a leader, in my opinion. And I just I don't know, just the whole Nets thing, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they went to the finals, but I think the Lakers would beat them. Yeah, I think and and you're right. And and plus, you know, the Nets, like I said, they blow up their team. How the hell you trade away defense? Like I don't you don't do that. Don't you know defense wins championships? Like, seriously. And I think the Lakers will beat them. I think they will. And I think that Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, whoever made those uh, that executive decision to get rid of Karis LeVert, who was one of their younger players, and once again, a part of that nice young core from a few years ago that they just blew up in order to have these superstars. Like, sometimes it's worth having a superstar, but to me, I would rather have a team full of a team full of stars and one superstar then have three superstars on one team and have no bench <laughs> you know right. i don't i don't i don't right. get that philosophy right and i know i'm gonna like bring it back to the spurs but you know again the spurs exactly you know, you, proof they had tim, tim duncan was their superstar and they had you know monogenial being tony parker who were really great they were role players and you can maybe say they were stars. You know, there were sometimes where they weren't consistent, but they were stars in their own right. And then you had role players like Bruce Bowen, um, uh, Mon- uh, like Mon- um, and Brent Barry, you know, Stephen Jackson that one year when they won in 03. Mm-hmm. And that, Boris, that's a team that proved. Boris Diaw, Leandro team. Barbosa. I mean, you can go down the list of. Of guys, uh, who else? Matt Bond, like they had a bunch of like they had firepower, and and Pop would also take a well, lot Barbosa of these. Actually... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. 
was gonna say Barbosa was drafted by the team, but he actually got traded to Phoenix. I thought I thought Barbosa played for the Spurs when they beat the Pistons in 05. Mm, no, he didn't. He was uh yeah, he I remember he got drafted back in mm-hmm. uh, trying to remember. I think it was in 03. I think it was 03 and too. He got traded to Phoenix. Yeah, he got traded to Phoenix. Wow. I th- I and, don't know. I uh, thought he was on the team too. I mean, I wish we had him. <laughs> I could have I yeah, sworn he, him and, and him and Dial went stupid on LeBron in the finals in 07. And I could have sworn I remember seeing oh, him play alongside with Boris Dial again when they was um, or maybe I'm thinking about oh, that was uh, maybe I was thinking about when they played on the Spur, uh, the Suns together because Boris Dial did yeah, play that, the Suns yeah, too. Okay, that was definitely yeah. I'm just not remembering, but um, yeah, perfect example of a team that is homegrown. That was naturally homegrown. You know, they drafted Tinder. They drafted Manu in the second round, and they waited two years again. They drafted Tony Parker, mm-hmm. and you know they brought in smaller pieces like a Bruce Bowen, and made him into a defensive you know power. You know, same thing with other pieces like you know Beno Udry or Brent Berry, and later later on you know, Boris Dio. And they're they're an example of you know let's take these players that weren't supposed to be as good as they should have been. Let's make them household names. And, I mean, they're still doing it now. Yeah. You know, they're – I mean, they're still kind of in a rebuilding yeah, process. I mean, they have, uh, you know, DeMar, they have DeMar DeRozan. They have, you know, Aldridge, who was on his last leg. Yeah, I, I believe so, game. too. But they have, you know – but they have homegrown players like DeJounte Murray, who I've always been high You know, Keldon Johnson who is someone I believe mm. is only going to get that. You know, same thing with Lonnie Walker, who's going to get that. You know, Derek White, who's kind of – who just got back from injury, so he's kind of, like, slowly getting his confidence. Not to say he's – not to say he lost his confidence, but he's kind of slowly getting back. Because when, when you're mm. an athlete and you get hurt, especially when you have an injury that keeps you up for a while, you kind of have to – takes you a while to regain that confidence back. But you look yeah, like right. And no, that only takes a couple so, of games to knock it off. And, and plus, Pop will make sure you work, so – that's one thing I always say about him. I'm not a big – I hate the Spurs. The Spurs killed my spirit twice as a child, you know, 99 against the Knicks and 03 against the Nets. Um, But <laughs> I hate the Spurs. But I will always give them credit, though. They're a great, consistent franchise. They Only recently were they not in the playoffs. Uh, I think for the two years they weren't in the playoffs last year and the year before. But that's because of injuries and stuff like that. Oh, no, they were – no, no, 2019, they, they made the playoffs. Last year was the first time in 20. Wow, years there you game. go. Boom. Yeah, I know. I know it was like at least once or twice in the last few years. And it was just like, what? Like the Spurs not in the playoffs? Like that's unheard of. The Spurs is always in the mix. But, you know, they're still trying to find their footing. LaMarcus Aldridge did not carry. He did not take that baton from Tim Duncan and carry it like he was supposed to. And realistically, you really can't. Mm-hmm. To me, he never really he he wasn't really a big a big catch. I remember when Knicks fans wanted him when he was a free agent before he signed with you guys. And I'm like, I don't want this guy on a fucking team. <laughs> I don't want this guy at all. And then Demar Derozan, good lord, yeah, I think y'all y'all on the way of getting rid of him. Just don't send him here to New York. Just don't well, send him here to New York. He is actually well, he's actually. Ever since he got here, he's actually improved on a lot of areas. Like he's actually having a career high in this. He's become more of a facilitator. Like he's actually having a pretty good season. 
But at the same time, it's like, what's going to happen in the playoffs? Yeah. Is, is he going to still, you know, put up the same numbers? And, you know, granted, he came here because, you know, they had to get rid of Cole, which that's another story in itself that I don't really want to get into. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and you know, and now I know what a shame, right? But DeMar DeRozan, you know how he freezes up whenever he's, he sees LeBron, so. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but I hope y'all don't see LeBron in playoffs if y'all do make it this year. I have, I have a feeling at best, I think the way the Spurs are playing right mm-hmm. now, because they're at there's a crazy stat I saw about it because they just beat the the Warriors last night. It was actually a really close. Yeah, game. I saw a little bit of that. Um, they're 14, they're fourteen and ten, and this is the first time they've been four games over five hundred in since April April twenty nineteen. Oh wow. Like that's insane, and I'm I'm glad they're playing better. I'm, I'm as a Spurs fan, I'm happy. You know, they're they're the, they're the only team I really care about, essentially, because I'm from San Antonio and the team. They're the only team I'm really gonna root for. And you know, I I hope I hope they make the playoffs. I hope they have good footing. But realistically, I think their glass ceiling is maybe fourth or fifth seed at best. And there's that possibility of if. They somehow get out of the first round. They'll have to run into the Lakers, which I'm just like, oh. Um, yeah, and you know, but, LeBron about to give him that yeah. baby dinosaur treatment, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah, Demar, I, I don't, I don't see him staying here that long. He, I mean, he still has, I guess, an, an an additional year in his contract, which is optional, so he can opt to, you know, be. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think that'd be best. That's just my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, Lamarcus, Lamarcus, I think has, to me has very has been very underwhelmed for the team since coming here because he came here during Tim Duncan's last year. He was supposed to pretty much Tim Duncan pretty much gave him his yeah. you know metaphor. He said, "All right, take care of my team," and he just he hasn't really lived up to the hype. I mean, yeah, he's put up good numbers, but he just he's been very underwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, you look at him in Portland. He was just a guy that put up good numbers, but didn't really do anything. And he's been the same one. Yeah, exactly. He's the, he's not really that local, or I said local, that vocal leader like Tim Duncan was. Tim Duncan was a vocal and emotional leader, and and all the guys followed him. Especially you know when David David Robinson left, and it was just him and Tony Parker and Ginobili, and then everybody else. You know, he was an emotional leader. He was like the coach on the floor, and that's what every good team needs is a coach on the floor. And you look at Aldridge, Aldridge ain't doing none of that. <laughs> he's not doing that. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I wonder if he's drunk on the court sometimes. The way he be, you look at his eyes sometimes, look all glossy. Like, you know, like this man that had a, a few uh, beers before, you know, practice or some shit. You know, it's just, it, it, he doesn't look good at all. And DeMar DeRozan hasn't been, he's not a guy that's been on that level to ever lead. So they're going to have to count on DeJounte Murray to, or Murray to, to carry that load uh, moving forward. And they better hope the guy they don't drive him out of San Antonio either because the, the funny thing about San Antonio is that well, San Antonio is a great organization and everything like that, a great franchise. These kids don't care about none of that stuff nowadays. It, you know, the league is going younger and younger, and the kids want to be in the brighter cities, the bigger cities, and this, that, and the other. Will San Antonio be that type of city – and that type of team to entice younger players to play there. Like, people have to also take that into consideration as well. Like, so, 
I don't know. Greg Popovich is going to have to make some hard decisions pretty soon as the trade deadline, uh, you know, approaches. Well, I was going to say, even when, even in like the golden years when they had Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. players still didn't come. You, you know, they would always try, try to go after, you know, top talent and they would go somewhere else because at the end of the day, San Antonio is San Antonio. Yeah. You know, we're not Chicago or New York or, or LA, you know. Player athletes would rather play for a bad team just to make more money rather than playing for a good team for less. Yeah, that's true. And, and and that I can and I guess I can understand that, but it's just like so you'd rather just put up stats. You rather you rather just fill stats for a team that's not going to win anything because you want to make more money and you want to live in a nice city rather than playing for a team you know will go to playoffs. You know will contend for a championship. Like just to me, that's that's arrogance. That's also stupidity because you know there, there's so many players that could have won something here, or not even just here, just somewhere else. But they'd rather do the whole, well, LA is nice this time of year, or New York is nice this time of year, or you know Miami is nice this time of year. It's like, yeah, but you're going to win a championship here. You have a chance to win a championship. Yeah, here. it's like yeah, but it's it's San Antonio. It's like, yeah. I think it's also, you know what I also think it is, RJ? I think it's a thing of, like, players over the years have always complimented Greg Pop. They've always said, you know, I think he's one of the best coaches. I respect his game. I, you know, I love him. Mm-hmm. Blah. But I think it's more of like a, they like the idea of playing for Greg Popovich rather than actually doing it. Because if you're playing for Greg Popovich, you know it's going to be hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know you're going to have somebody you know you're going to have somebody that's in your face and on your ass that's going to, you know, motivate you to become the best player you can. And players nowadays don't want to be coached. No, they don't. They want players would rather just have something. They want to be. They want to be coddled. But, and this is coming. Yeah, they'd rather have somebody that be tending. Yeah, exactly, to be and this is coming from somebody that's like around the same age as some of these players too. They want to be coddled and babied and spoiled, and it's like. How are you ever going to be better if you don't have anybody to motivate you? That's going to sit there, kiss your ass, wipe your ass, and, and give you everything you want. Like, I don't I don't like that whatsoever, it, especially if it doesn't lead you to winning, especially when you're not bringing a winning culture to the table. Like, I, I can never get in or understand that. So that's, that's very idiotic to me. It always has been. Yeah, it's like, it's like with the Warriors. Listen, I love mm-hmm. Steve Kerr. I I adore Steve Kerr. You know, the guy played here. The guy played here, won two championships. Yeah. Love him. Love him to death. I won't say a bad thing about him. But that guy is not a no. coach. That guy is not coaching the Warriors. Even when, you know, those glory years of the Warriors, you know, the or as, or as I like to call it, the the four years of doom. <laughs> where the Warriors, you know, made it. Through. Oh, my God. It's like what we said with Triple H, you know, when he was, you know, on Durant top, you know, on Raw in three years. The reign of terror, you know, the Warriors reign of terror, <laughs> including LeBron. You know, Steve Kerr was not the coach. I mean, yeah, he was officially mm-hmm. the coach, but he was not coaching that team. That team was coaching yeah, himself. Exactly. Like he, you could have put a bowl of soup on on that sideline, and they still would have went sixty. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially the the like, talent they had on that team. And you remember that one time. Where uh, he pretty much gave the clipboard to uh, Draymond Green, <laughs> let him draw the play. 
<laughs> that tell you everything you need to know right there about about how much of a coach he really isn't. <laughs> I think you know, and you know where I notice that trend of like players not really wanting to be coaches when in Utah with uh, oh, Jerry yeah, Sloan and Darren and Williams. Yeah, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. You know, Jerry mm-hmm. Sloan at the time was the longest yes, he was. coach in basketball. And, you know, he was there, you know, for Malone and John Stockton and never had issues nope. with them. He plays for Darren Williams for a few years and has issues with him because Darren Williams talks back to him and argues with him and everything. So he just decided to leave. And that just kind of showed you the trend of players don't want to be coached in. I mean, Popovich, and, Popovich is essentially the last of Egan, like, as far as, like, well, you damn right he is. I mean, he's still lasting still to the day. And and back to your other point about Darren Williams, and look at look at where Darren Williams is now. Where is he? No, no. way to be seen. <laughs> no championships, no nothing. His best opportunity at even getting anywhere was that 2007 year. Where they took and had that nice miraculous run when Derek Fisher was over there, and it was him, uh, Carlos Puzo, and um, uh, they had Kyle Korver and Mamadou Kaur was still a thing in the league, <laughs> and uh, and Andre Kurlenko was still there too. So like that Jazz team was stacked that year, and I think that was the greatest shot that they ever had. Until of course you guys beat them, and that's how you guys got to the finals and stomped LeBron out that year. So, but, uh, and he never been right ever since he got rid of, uh, Carlos Boozer left and a lot of those guys left too. And then that's when he started arguing and, and, and fighting with Sloan and, and the rest is history, as they like to say. Yeah, it's just, it's, but, you know, it's fine. It's unfortunate because, you know, one of, two of the things that I love, you know, is, wrestling mm-hmm. basketball and both of them are just both of them are a tough watch you know because again i used to be a basketball freak like i would like the spurs but i would watch other games like i would i would go out of my way to watch um the atlanta hawks versus the denver Nuggets because that's how much of a basketball freak i was back in the day because it was competitive it was fun to watch nowadays it's basically an all friends league it, it's AEW. oh boy <laughs> and, in some aspects, yeah. <laughs> basketball has become. I told I told Monty this. Basketball has become like, you know, NBA. Basketball has become like wrestling. It's become WWE, where it's not competitive. Everybody is everyone's best friend. Everybody has to be money. And perfect analogy is, you have all these super teams trying to go after one guy, right? And the analogy I use is like these. These super teams are basically five John Cena's going after one John Cena. <laughs> and when the five John Cena's beat the one John Cena, we're supposed to act surprised. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, how did they overcome this adversity? It's like, really? You want me to tell you why? Do you, do you, do you really it, need it, to know why? <laughs> do you want me to repeat it? It's, a... it's, it's ridiculous, um, man. It's it's weird because we've gone almost we've gone over an hour, almost like seventy five minutes, and we barely talked about this. Oh yeah, well you know take 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 uh, it away, take it away. 
Well, I mean, no, I, I, I think that's a good thing because, again, there's really not too much to talk about. But, um, I, I mean, it's kind of like a nothing story. But, like, you know, did you see what Dave Meltzer posted about MLW? About what? Dave Meltzer, he, there's a mm-hmm. fan that asked him, I'm just paraphrasing, I don't have a tweet in front of me. He said, you know, uh, why, why is it, why is AEW relying on, you know, five, five foot six guys from Japan? Rather than going after Jacob Fatu and forgot entirely what he said because he said, you know, for one, they're still under contract somewhere else, and also blah 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 blah. And then he said, "Well, did well, how were their attendance numbers pre-COVID?" And uh, Court Bauer, who's you know the CEO, that's my guy, was the CEO of MLW, replied with, "Well, we did sell out in Philadelphia, Chicago, New York, which are." And they and they did that. And he, he to they did like, that. One of my friends uh, on Twitter, yeah. Jason, like he goes to all the shows every time they go to the uh, the Cicero Arena or Stadium or whatever it's called, and it's always packed. And when they go right. to Philly, it's jam packed. And when they go to New York, same thing, jam packed. So Dave Meltzer, Uncle Dave, Uncle Dave, um, he needs to, to put that in his pipe and smoke it and shut the fuck up. I'm getting sick and tired of this guy. The more and more I hear more stories about this guy. Like 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 almost five years ago, like I used to listen to his uh his radio stuff like religiously. Now I just can't I can't stand the guy anymore. It's like it's AEW and New Japan and everybody else is just it's a shit show to him. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like like I get it, you have your opinions and shit like that or whatever, but like I don't get why he feels the need to try to break down all these other wrestling companies out there and try to put like Especially AEW, like I think AEW might might have surpassed New Japan Pro Wrestling in his uh, chain of uh, wrestling companies because AEW can't do a goddamn thing wrong. <laughs> they can't in his eyes. Well, the thing is, you know, and this is what other people were saying even before AEW, Ring of Honor, Kenny Omega thing, he was still putting over, you know, stuff like you know Japan. Mm-hmm. And you know, Luchador, even when WWE was like doing what, even when WWE was watchable, like when it was good, he was still trashing yeah. it because he liked you know the Japanese style wrestling matches and lucha stuff. But it's just, I don't want to come out, I don't want to be outright and say he's being paid by Tony Khan and AEW because we don't have any proof. I just think it's just the honestly, I think it's a thing of he doesn't want to be mean, so even. When he's talking about something he doesn't like, he'll try and talk about it like it's a match. Like, for example, when the inner circle, you know, flew over to Vegas during a pandemic, mm-hmm. he describes everything like it's a match. Like he's like he's saying, you know, Chris Jericho was in this room and then MJF did this. And then uh, uh, Sammy Guevara said this instead of just saying, yeah, this segment didn't really work. He doesn't want to be mean. Like he doesn't want to hurt his friends' feelings. He doesn't want to hurt the young bucks' feelings. He doesn't want to hurt Kenny's feelings. It's just like we we're in this age of like we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Which why? You know what? It's it, just, it, that does nobody. That doesn't do anybody not. any good. That's like that's almost on the level of like everybody gets a trophy type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like there has to be criticism. Otherwise, how a guy is going to get better? 
if they don't know what's wrong with the product and stuff like that. Like you, you have to try to see things from all different angles. If the if the criticism is very very constructive, then you should listen. And I get like people who bash AEW or bash WWE or whatever. Sometimes they don't give constructive criticism. Or they don't offer ways to make things better. At least when I tear down certain things, I always offer a way to make it better in my opinion. Or what what can I do to help fix it from my point of view? Um, Like if, if they insist on doing this Bullet Club Civil War thing, like it's it's going to be very confusing to a lot of people. I think they should really establish who's going to be a heel and who's going to be a babyface in this stuff. Um, but honestly, if they're doing AEW versus New Japan, then I think the AD, the AEW guys would have to be the heel or the babyfaces in that situation, and the New Japan guys would have to be the heels. But the problem is that they just turned Kenny Omega heel, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, on TV not too long ago, so that would be kind of hard to follow through. And, and, and a fan told me that, you know, they don't really care. It's just that you have to... <clears throat> It depends on who you like in that situation and stuff like that. And that's true, but that's, that can also be subjective, too. Because if you have a casual fan, okay, who am I supposed to root? That, are, that aren't invested into the Bullet Club like that. That don't know the Bullet Club's history. But they just want to see a good story and cheer for the good guy. Like, who is that going to be? You know what I'm saying? Not everybody looks at it in that angle. But I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what Dave's problem is. I don't know if Tony Khan is... Uh, <laughs> has Dave Meltzer underneath his table and then, and, you know, tell him to blow him every 20 minutes. I don't, I don't know what the story is there. And, uh, but yeah, he's just, I don't know. I, I see him go back and forth with all these fans all day long on Twitter. And I'm just like, what are you doing, dude? Like, don't you have a better life? You could be doing anything else in the world right now, besides arguing with people about wrestling, man. Like what the fuck, man? You're older than I am. Yeah. Cause he, he did that to black. Yeah, because they did it to Brian Less. You know, Brian Less, mm-hmm. you know, on the you know Jim Cornette show, if anyone doesn't know, he you know, just he just said about AEW, you know, it was a very, you know, the most recent episode, it's very poorly booked. He didn't really say anything that was like scathing or, you know, No, he didn't. Know. I saw the tweet. He didn't, he, didn't pull up, he didn't pull up Jim Cornette and just said, you know, fuck these motherfucking out loud mud show. Fuck. fuck. Like he just he he gave very constructive criticism mm-hmm. and Dave Meltzer just, you know, put on his cape and jumped in. And <laughs> he said, he said, like, you know, you're reaching, you know, you're you're reaching too much. And mm-hmm. but Brian Lash just like, all I said was the show is poorly booked. Mm-hmm. That's all he said. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, and also, you know, going back to, you know, someone like Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu, if he had to show up in AEW, he would fuck everybody. Up. And he and he like, would have he would to fuck everybody up. up. See, I don't even want him to go over there, honestly. I don't want him to go. I don't want him. I don't want him a hammer because their track record of big guys is not good. It is not good. They bring the guy in. Yeah, if, if Hammerstone had, they, they'll bring the guy in. If so, Hammerstone had to show up, they would bring a guy in, have him win like two or three matches only to lose to the big baby face. And I'm just like, what the fuck? They did it to Cage. They did it to Archer. They did it to Brody. God rest his soul. And you think Fatu or Hammer would be any different? That would really piss me off, honestly. And like Brody Lee, you know, like I said, you know, God rest his soul. Like he had he had something going before he passed away. Archer and Kingston are having this heel versus heel feud. 
I'm I'm guessing. I'm not I'm not really sure who's the baby face in that situation. See, that's another problem. Um yeah, sure, I like both guys, but who who's the villain and who's the hero in the story? Who am I supposed to put aside my bias for and cheer for in that situation? And and the same thing with Cage, like Cage is involved with this this feud with Sting, and I'm just like like this guy should be wrestling for the heavyweight title. Like, what are we doing here? And y'all think Hammer and Fatu are gonna do good over there? And I wouldn't even hold my breath on that, honestly. Jacob Fat well, Jacob well, Fatu would Jacob fit so well so. with Roman Reigns right now, like being like the big enforcer. Like he would fit in so perfectly. You know what would be interesting? Because they could talk. You know what they, they, they both talk shit so great. Like Rome, like Roman and Fatu. Like I could just imagine a promo with him, Jay, and, and Roman Reigns together, just talking shit back and forth about the fans, like in sync with each other. Like that would be so dope. <laughs> but no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say with Jacob Fatu, mm-hmm. I, I don't know him that well, obviously, but like I can almost picture him going to AEW, and they're they're like. You're going to work with Joey Janelli, okay? Is it going to be a squash match? Uh, no, it's going to be about five, seven minutes. It's like, no. You're, you're shitting, right? All right? That's awful. No. If anything, Fatu and Harmerstone, if they ever do leave MLW, which I believe they will, because at the end of the day, wrestling's a business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got to pay their bills, they got to feed their families. They're going to WWE. That, I mean, that, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, Hammerstone, I, I, can, I can imagine. As soon as Triple H even takes one look at Hammerstone, he's gonna be like, "Sign that guy." I don't know who that. Sign that guy. Send me all his tapes. I need to see him. Thought two. I, I believe they tried to sign him, but I think they were kind of scared of his past. Yeah, because he's he, got a criminal record. Which is which is kind of silly at this point because you look at MVP. MVP was like a legit gang member. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know when he came to WWE, they had to give him the long sleeves because he had you know gang tattoos. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, now he, now he's you know cleaned up. Now he's you know a lot older, he's in a different place. But and Fatu, I don't know where his head's at, so I can't really speak to him too much. And but, plus, both yeah, both I mean, guys, both guys signed big contracts with MLW, so I think they signed five year deals. I know Fatu did, so I think that Fatu is probably locked up for like two two more years, probably. I don't know about Hammer, but I know he resigned, but I don't know how big and. How big that deal the deal was, or how long it was, but I mean, yeah, but yeah, eventually, eventually, if they ever do get free, they're gonna they're gonna go to WWE. Like Hammerstone, it's weird because he looks small, but he's six four. Yeah, and but he, it's weird. He looks small, but he's six four. It's crazy. Like he's in amazing shape. Like he's in insane. Yeah, shape. he is, and he's he has a look. And I'm so glad that he has his own look now because. Like like five, six years ago, Hammer was looking like the second coming to Triple H. <laughs> so I'm glad he cut the hair. He got rid of the, the, the trunks and boots and he's rocking the, 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 the pants and he cut his hair and everything. So uh, he I hate to compare him and, I, and I've done it on my shows. Just what he has a little bit more oomph and attitude to him. But I call Hammerstone in a way this generation of Hulk Hogan. Not in the sense of popularity or anything like that, but the sense of he's that red-blooded American guy. He's a guy playing a guitar on his Twitter and Instagram. He, he, he's a gym freak. He's that every day. He's that jock that you like. You know what I'm saying? 
and he's also that jock that can rub people the wrong way as well. Like he he has that all American spirit to him. And he can feel it, and I think that's a recipe. That's a recipe to uh, make money with right there. And in Fatu, like I said, you can make money with that guy too. Like so, I I don't know. I know just I just ask whatever they go after their MLW time is up. That that whichever company signs them up just uses them well. Books them well. Both guys should be in the main event. I mean, day one. I don't care what nobody says. You got to pay your dues. Oh, well, kiss my ass. I've been paying my dues in other different companies, too. Like, Fatu, Fatu and Hammerstone, you realize those, both of those belts that they both have in MLW, they've almost had those belts for each for two years now, almost two years. Yes. Uh, yes, that's... And again, Depend. they're making those belts mean something. Mm-hmm. With- you know, unlike a lot of other companies do. I was gonna say with Fatu, the like you know, dream scenario. Let let's say he is his contract expires next right. week. Like bring him, bring him in WWE, put him with Roman's crew, but groom him as a potential opponent for Roman, like at a wrestling. Oh yeah, of course, because he can't he like, he like, can't be Roman's bitch for way too long. Like book it like a like Batista and exactly Trish. like that's you know, exactly Batista, what you do. That long, but you're gradually, you know, planting those seeds of, you know, you know, Roman is looking at, you know, Jacob, you know, funny. He, he, he's, he sees Jacob and how dominant he is. And he's like, hmm, I better keep my eye out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, say Jacob Fatu wins the Rumble and all eyes are pointing to Jacob possibly going after Roman. Mm-hmm. And again, Roman's not trying to be a bitch because you, you can't. You're not gonna po- you're not gonna book Roman as a bitch, but you're gonna book Roman as like I can't I am not gonna fight you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're blood, we'll book you fighting each other. But Jacob is like, Yeah, we're blood, but I'm not related to that. And he's pointing at the title. Right. So at the end of the day, it's business, babe. That'd be the perfect way you can book that match. Yeah. Um, Hammerstone again, like you said, he's like this generation's Hogan. You know, minus, you know, the popularity, but he has that look. He has the all-American guy look. You know, he's six foot four. He's in amazing shape. He plays guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of like a kind of like a big dumb jock, but he's not really big dumb. Yeah, he just has that very playful personality. And again, you, if you show if you were to show Alexander Hammerstone to Vince, or you know, not even just Triple H, but Vince, Vince McMahon will be like, "Who is that?" Person? Yeah, you know, I need him in my company. I need him on the poster for WrestleMania. Right, like th- those are two future stars. Same thing with the Von Erics. Von Erics, I think of the Von. I'm, I would be kind of worried about the Von Erics going to WWE because I don't think they were going to do the Von. Yeah, they would try to give them, you know, some like generic name. And if they go to AEW, they'll be the Von Erics. But then again, they'll have to they'll have to put over the best friend, you know, Jurassic Express. Which <laughs> I mean, they've already ruined FTR. They've already ruined FTR, in my opinion. Yeah, they don't they so, don't feel impactful and as important anymore as they did when they first showed up. When they first showed up, I'm not even gonna lie, and I wasn't even the biggest revival fan in WWE. Like I respected their work and everything like that, but they weren't, you know, they weren't my cup of tea or anything like that. But when they showed up that first week, and they they popped out of the truck and they whipped ass. I'm like, damn, okay, I fuck with this. And then it seemed like when they turned heel with uh, Tully. And they won the titles, and then even after they lost the titles, they lo- they lost their steam heavily. And it's like, okay, here comes FTR. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, people, yeah. AEW fans, they brag about how they have a stacked uh, tag team division. That's a good and bad thing right there. The good thing is that you have a lot of teams to go to, go to just in case somebody gets hurt. But when everybody's full and well and healthy, having too much of anything could kill you sometimes. And I just think that they have so many tag teams, so many trios, so many little stables that it kind of hurts. It kills the value of anything that you really have. So when the inner circle has three tag teams within their within their group, that's a problem. Especially when they have a main tag team in Santana and Ortiz, who, who, to my knowledge and my understanding, have not had an AEW tag team title shot yet. And AEW has been in existence that's for a, like yeah, what two or three years now. That's a problem. That's a team that could easily. That's a team that could be one of their top five teams. Yeah, exactly. and, but again, Jericho, you know, has to he has to make sure whatever is bigger than him is under. Yeah, he has to make sure it keeps it under the thumb. I mean, someone like Guevara, I can understand because he's young and you know he needs the guidance. But you have some, you have a team like Santana and Ortiz that could have been tagging champions, you know, probably a year ago. And then you got MJF, who again was their top heel, and I guess in some ways still is, but he's kind of become a joke. I mean, I, I said you know I said it last week. He's basically Brian Griffin. Like he's <laughs> really nothing interesting or there's really nothing interesting about him. Like the steam has really kind of been like squeezed out. Of it. And, and that's my fear, too. Yeah, that's my fear, good. too, if Hammerstone went over there because him and Hammerstone and Richard Holiday, you know, they were the dynasty in MLW, and it was so good together. All three of them played off each other so well, MJF being the dick that he is, Holiday being the lesser dick, and then Hammerstone being the, you know, the, you know, the guy that watches the dick's back. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that was their dynamic, and it was so perfect. And, like, I see MJF over there, and I enjoyed them so much together. And MJF is so good on the mic, and he wants to be hated. That's the thing. No winky, winky nod shit with him. And that's why I like him. And that's why I defend him to people that don't like him. But it's just you see what they've done with him, and it's just like, oh, God. Maxwell, I remember when you was in MLW killing it with Holiday and Hammer, and now look at you. Like, it just sucks. Like, I'll do anything to see him walk through the curtain with those guys again in MLW. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got like MJFP benefits from being in AW because they don't do scripts, which for WWE, they, that's one thing. They need to get rid of scripts. Mm-hmm. If, if anything, if anything, use bullet points. Yeah, use a bullet Like, use bullet yeah. points. Yeah, and also there's a lot of guys that maybe do need bullet points because not everybody can cut a promo on their own. Um, but yeah, someone like MJF, I'm pretty sure Triple H sees him and goes, I want that guy in my company. You know, uh, Vince sees him and goes, I want that guy in my company, but MJF knows he's going to have to use a script. Yeah. He knows he can't talk off the cuff. Maybe in NXT, you're allowed a little more, like, you know, freedom because Triple H allows that. But once you get to that main roster, it's script heavy. Oh yeah, and MJF MJF knows that. So, but I think if MJF were in WWE, I think he'd be treated more seriously. He'd be promoted better rather than he is in AEW. Which, again, you know, going back to what we were saying about you know making sure people are staying on top of the game, mm-hmm. AEW doesn't have that. You know, Tony Khan isn't 
Vince McMahon in a sense where he's somebody that's going to make sure his top stars are doing, you know, you know, I said it before, they don't have anyone in AEW to rein these guys in, you know, in WWE, you get someone like Bailey who works out all the time. You know, Bobby Lashley works out all right. the time. Charlotte works out all the time because they know if they're going to stay on top of their game, they got to make sure that they're in the best possible shape they can be in. Right. You look at AEW, you look at AEW, Chris Jericho, <laughs> two years ago, this guy was in great shape. Now he's just, you know, he's got, he's got bitch. <laughs> he's got <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Kenny Omega, two, Kenny Omega, two years ago, two or three years ago, was in amazing shape. Uh-huh. Now he's got, now he's got a pooch. He's got a little poochy there. Oh man, um, Cody is probably the only one in the company that stays in amazing shape. Yeah, Cody looked like he got bigger. Yeah. More, I was going to ask you something. You think? Do you think Cody kind of thinks everything in the company is bullshit, but he doesn't want to say it? Yeah, no, nah, because you know what it is too. Cody is in control of what Cody does, and I think. As long as Cody knows that he's looking good, I don't think he cares about what the rest do, cause he know he know he knows his shit. He's been around the business all his life. The shit's in his blood. You know what I'm saying? So, I think as long as he assures himself and he knows that he's doing good work, I think that's all that matters to Cody. And and I, and that's one thing I will see about him. I'm not the biggest Cody Rhodes fan, but Cody for his stuff for the most part. Usually, be some of the best shit about AEW, the storytelling, the matches, everything. It just feels like classic wrestling to me. It's the kind of stuff that I like in wrestling. Tell me a story. Like I don't flips and dives. You know that this is it's really old. And and I'm not saying that because it's AEW. It was it's old. It's been old way beforehand. Like you talking to a guy that used to love watching CZW all the time, and even you know. That over the last like three or four years has been corroded with a lot of flippy guys. Jordan Oliver, <laughs> who I actually like nowadays, actually. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of the flippy shit. Like it's just like, dude, like I'm sick of. Did you see that video a couple of weeks ago, where the guy did a fucking shooting star press and when he just about landed to, onto the ground, he gave the guy a cutter out of nowhere. No, I didn't. I didn't see. That. I'm like, holy shit, this shit looks fake. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, man? I said, y'all not doing wrestling no favors doing shit like that. Yeah, of course it was amazing. It was an amazing visual, but it looked fake fake as shit. Because a guy had to sit right there and wait for this guy to do a fucking shooting star press so he could stick his arms out and do a fucking cutter. Like, come on, man. That's stupid. Fuck, man. Like, god damn it. I'm like that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like Jim Cornette where it's just like these guys are just they're making it very obvious that they don't care about wrestling anymore. That they're just that they're just treating it like it's basically fake. Yeah, like basically just this, you know, fake and phony sport, and no one's taking it seriously. They want to have fun. They want to go out there and have their, you know, fun little video game matches and do their their uh, funny SNL comedy skits. <laughs> Instead of just taking it seriously, and again, mm-hmm. I know you know the business changes, people change, and you know, look, we can talk about the whole conversation about you know Taker saying people are soft and they're building the face. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, you know, is everybody soft in the business? I don't. I mean, I'm not going to say everybody's soft because you get someone like Roman. Roman takes it seriously. 
you know, Cody takes it serious. Right. I mean, you know, Drew, Drew takes it serious. Every everybody takes it seriously to an extent. You know, the whole video games thing. I mean, we can be fifty fifty about it because is playing is playing video games healthier than you know doing drugs and partying and drinking? Yeah. Yeah, it I is. Mean, it's, it's a lot healthier than health habit. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think I don't think that's what Taker meant. Like, I don't think Taker, you know, said you know I wish you know guys would go back to having failing marriages and not having a relationship with their kids and, you know, dying before they were 50. Right. Like, I don't think that's what he meant. I just think he looked at the business a lot different back then because, if you know, I don't know if you listen to the journalism, you know, podcast Taker, but, you know, he's, when he first broke into the business, you know, he was sleeping in his car. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, you know, in a business where guys were, you know, in his words, have, like, you know, weapons in their locker room, which I, when I heard that, I'm like, eh, how'd you get that past airport security? But that's that's uh, that's another. But just Taker's an old school guy. He's an he's an old school guy that came up in an old school era. So I think he wants the attitude of how he brought you know, how he got brought into the business is going to be more, you know, prevalent today, rather than you know people saying, oh, you just want you know people to load their money on drugs and you know drinking and partying. It's like, no, I, I just want the mindset to be kind of like, kind of similar to how which that that's how I took it. That I mean that's how I took it. That that's how I like to believe, you know, how he took it because you know, you saw in the last ride documentary, and he's very friendly with a lot of the younger guys, you know, like someone like Xavier Wood, you know, who was very vocal about what take it, or someone like Drew McIntyre, you know, or again, someone like Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that, that's just how I took it with uh, with how what Taker was trying to say. How how did you kind of how did you take it when you heard this? Uh, you know, to a certain degree, I you know, there's there's sides and shades to it. In my opinion, is he right? He very well could be. Like, obviously, I mean, I don't hang in locker rooms with uh, a lot of the wrestlers, but I just think that it's a generation thing. Like. Like you said, he's used to being in there with a lot of the manlier, manlier men that were in the locker room doing the drugs, doing the hoes, you know, this, that, and the other. Whereas nowadays, you know, the guys, they, for the for the most part, they all hang out. They all go to these, uh, go to these, uh, you know, these hooker bars and, and this, that, and the other, and they chill out after the shows and this, that, and the other. They're all friends. Nobody really seems to, to compete in as far as, like, to get ahead in their career and stuff like that, like a lot of those guys. And that's that's the source of a lot of it as well. I think, and I think that maybe that's what he meant. Like a lot of guys don't want it anymore. And they're too laid back. Like if if, if he was more specific on that, then I would definitely agree with him. Like the locker room, I think it is the vibe that I get on TV and how everybody seems to be cool and everything with each other. It feels like the locker room is more relaxed more now than ever. And everybody just seems like more or less content more than anything, but soft. I don't know. I just think, I think that a lot of the guys nowadays, they lay it in thick sometimes, you know, um, as far as like wrestling yeah, no, and being know. physical. But I, as far as like all the other extracurricular activities that maybe guys in Taker's Day have done, no, that don't make somebody soft. Uh, just because I don't want to do a whole line of Coke on some. Some some broads titties in a in a random bathroom uh bar bathroom 
doesn't make me soft. That just makes me, uh, you know, makes me assure myself that I want to live past fucking 40 years old. Like, I don't don't get the philosophy behind that. Yeah, and also because when you look at it, a lot of these guys paved the way to make sure you don't go down that path. Because I remember CM Punk had said that he had a conversation with, you know, Kurt Henning, where Kurt Henning, you know, told him, make sure you save your money. Because mm-hmm. you're in this business, so you can get out. And you know, it's coming from you know someone like Kurt Henning, which he died of a heart attack. You know, I, I believe I believe it was an overdose. I'm, I don't want to like, you know, I want to make sure I have the information, but I believe it was an overdose. And CM Punk, you look at him now; he's he he seems like he's happy. He's got money, and he's doing his own thing. You know, someone like Xavier Woods, who again he looks like he's doing his own, he's doing his own thing. He's he's going to be a host on G4. He's still got the up, up, down, down. He looks like he's probably going to be gone in a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if in two, three years, Xavier Woods is gone. Like he's not going to wrestle, and he's just going to live a you know happy normal life, which is good. Yeah, that's good. You know, I'll I'll admit when I was a kid, I didn't like when people left. I didn't like when the Rock left because I actually considered him a sellout because he left. Right. To go to Hollywood, and then as you get older, you realize so. Getting paid more to not put your body through hell. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. You know, you look at look at John Cena. John Cena's, you know, done with wrestling. You know, he he did that interview where he said that he can't. You know, it's impossible for even for even him to come to WWE because he's filming the uh, Peacemaker series, which is you know, the character he's playing Suicide Squad. He's he's getting his own TV series on HBO Max, and they're currently filming in Canada. And if you know, he said if he were to leave right now and come back, he would automatically have to go into a, a two week quarantine, essentially shutting down production. So he can't leave at all, mm-hmm. especially with how crazy the world is. Um, you know, John Cena is happy. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm just like, you know what, John, do you? Yeah, do your thing. Like, like you, you, you've entertained us enough. Do you be an actor, make that money? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Same thing with uh, the same, you know, same thing with uh. Whoever wants to leave the business and go to do your thing. Sa- you know, I know Becky Lynch is. I think I but- think Sasha Banks is on her way. Me and Monty was talking about it on the phone the other day. I, we was like, and me and him both we was like, wait till Sasha's like 30, 32. and I think Sasha be the next one on the way out. And and though it might sound sick and everything like that, and it sounds too contrived and maybe too controlling, but that's exactly why Vince is afraid to make new stars. Because he don't want none of that. He don't want nobody to think they're bigger than WWE exactly. to the point where they leave and come and go as they please. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Because again, The Rock, perfect example. Mm-hmm. The Rock. Yeah, The Rock. The Rock screwed that up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think I think Triple H, Triple H told the story that Vince brought him and The Rock in and said, "Okay, I want you guys to go off and do movies." Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he pretty much gave him the free reign to say, okay, go do movies. I want you guys to, you know, be bigger than what you are, blah, blah, blah. Triple H, you know, again, he's he's a wrestler for life. You know, he wants to be a wrestler, which is nothing wrong with that. And he was able to get an office job. You know, granted, but it's not a great okay. he's done. He's done great for himself. You know, The Rock, obviously, was thought, thought of things a little bit differently mm-hmm. because... Triple H was a fan for life. You know, he was a fan since growing up. The Rock, you know, grew up in the business, but he also saw how hard the business was you know, for his family. 
about how it kind of, you know, tore his family apart. And, you know, he became a wrestler because he didn't really have anything else to do. And he was able to be, you know, one of the biggest stars in the business. And when he got the first chance to go to Hollywood, he realized, wait, I'm getting paid more than having a match at Mania. And I don't have to put my body through hell. And I can still be able to walk and run and play with my children by the time I'm 40. Mm-hmm. Like, sign me up. Like, pretty sure that's how, you know, John Cena looked at it. You know, again, someone like Sasha, I wouldn't be surprised if she decides to call it a day in like two to three years. Because again, look at Sasha. She's young. I mean, she's going to realize this. Wait, I'm young. I still look good. I have a nice body. I'm married. I want to have kids pretty soon, which, shocker, some women want to get married and have kids. I know that's, I know it's shocking, but some women want to do that. Exactly. And, you know, she, I mean, she's, she was in The Mandalorian and it looks like she's going to have a bigger role next season. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up leaving because I know she did an interview not too long ago where she was talking about even going to Marvel and doing a Marvel movie. And I know Becky Lynch supposedly is going to be in a Marvel movie, but they haven't said which one. And she just had a kid. Yeah. So, Again, Vince McMahon is, is afraid to make new stars because he knows if he makes them too big, mm-hmm. they're going to become bigger than the company in the business and go out and become bigger names. Yep. Which I think, and you know, you know, two, you know, three other people that I can that off the top of my head, I think could be big hits in Hollywood. Me and you kind of talked about this before. I think Alexa Bliss, um, Karrion Cross, and Bray Wyatt. Not Bray Wyatt, not so much on screen, but I think that he has a twisted enough mind to start producing horror movies and writing them. And I think that that there's money in that. Obviously, there's a there's a genius thing. And I think that Bray Wyatt can make bank doing horror movies. And I think Alexa Bliss has, you know, great acting chops and shit like that. And I think that's her strongest attribute. And I think that she could possibly go and do something in Hollywood and carrying cross, I mean, my God, <laughs> like, what more can you really say about the man that we haven't already said before? You know what I'm saying? The guy has a great look. Another guy that's in shape. Man could easily be a villain in a movie if he wanted to, or he could be that cool badass um, assassin type guy in a movie too. So, those are definitely people that I would I would watch out for too, if I'm WWE. So I, I'm, I always say that WWE better treat them right while they got them now, because if you don't, that's gonna be, they're gonna have that motivation to go and do whatever they want anyways after they're done with you. So, yeah, just keep that in mind too. I was gonna say I, gonna say, I wouldn't be surprised if Roman decides to go Hollywood pretty soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, same, yeah, honestly. Because I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if, he, if he texts or calls, you know, you know, Rocky. And he's like, "Yeah, so how much are you making?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, and also, you know, going back to what I was saying about Vince, it's just like, shouldn't that shouldn't that be the point of you want these stars to be household names? You know, you made Hulk Hogan, you made, you know, Savage, you you made Steve Austin, Rock, and Cena. It should be a good thing that they're at a point where they have all this money saved up in the bank account. And it's good if they come back. But, you know, it's an ego thing of like, you know, oh, they need me. It, you know, The Rock doesn't need Vince. Oh, he does not. The Rock can actually buy, the Rock can buy the WWE at this point. You know, Just the hell John he can. Cena doesn't need Vince. You know, Batista doesn't need Vince. Stone Cold is happy doing what he's doing. You know, Stone Cold is, you know, making his beer. 
you know, he's doing well for himself. You know, he has his beer, you know, uh, his uh, beer brand doing well. Right. So pretty soon, I wouldn't be surprised if Roman Reigns decides to hang it up and go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, hang out with Dwayne mm-hmm. and we're going to make money. Yeah, there you go. And who, and who could another guy? And who could blame him for that at all? I know I'm not. I ain't seeing. I ain't. Romy ain't get here. No, no peeps out of me, man. You do what you got to do. Exactly. That's exactly. that's like, that's that's that would be on Vince man's fault for wasting your career trying to push you as a this big grandose baby face for all this time, only to miss out on you know on you being a heel and a villain all that time. I mean, he finally pulled his head out of his ass and did what he did, but and now you know we're getting great television on SmackDown because of it. But damn, <laughs> like who would blame him at we'll all? I was gonna say, like, especially you know, Roman still has um, he still has leukemia, and that could come back at any time. So you see him taking these bumps, and you're just like, I really do hope he's okay. Yeah, for sure, for like, sure, and and, and, that, and, Roman, and that's something he Roman has the money and the luxury to go. Ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, man. No, I was going to say, and and that's the thing about it too is you never know what's going to happen with leukemia and stuff like that, and so you know he has to be cautious too, and 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 make more outside money as much as he can, you know, just in case things do take tone for the worse and stuff like that. Not you know, God forbid, obviously, but. You never know. You just never know sometimes. Science is weird, you know, so you just you got to take all those things into consideration as well. Um, But yeah, man, there's, there's a there's there's a quite a few guys that that can make it big in Hollywood. Shall they choose that route? I I feel I feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, that I was going to say about last week's Smackdown. We can talk, we can talk about that for a bit, mm-hmm. but um. I, I like I actually enjoyed last week's SmackDown. I was able to watch it. I I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you saw, I know you saw it, but you know the Roman Reigns promo. He's yelling. Where he wants Edge to come out, and he goes, "Why are you playing games?" I'm like, "Yo, Roman is Roman is acting just, like a spoiled child right now, man." I'm like, "Dude, calm down, man." Like, you know what it reminds uh, good. me? Of? Have you you've seen, you've seen Friday, right? Yeah, the first Friday. Of course. It reminds me of uh, Big One. He's like, playing with my buddy. He's like, playing with my emotions. Yeah. (laughs) He's basically Big One. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's a good comparison, too, man. Yeah, man. Like, he's just, yo, like, everything he's saying and doing right now verbally is hitting, man. And I think that's that's part of the enjoyment of this heel character is, like, it feels like him, man. And I've been seeing it all along for the last few years. I always said this. I never hated Roman Reigns. I just hated the babyface push because Roman Reigns, you look at the guy, he has what it takes to be a dick villain. And six, seven years later, here we are. And he's knocking it out of the park. And there's nobody that's better than Roman Reigns right now being a heel. Like the guy is so good and it feels so natural. And that's the beautiful thing about it. I mean, can, can you mm-hmm. imagine, you know, years ago, whenever they did the, the Seth Rollins uh, shock mm-hmm. heel turn? Can you imagine if they did the, Imagine if they switched Roman in that. It should have been Roman. Like, it always should have been. And Seth Rollins, the thing about Seth, Seth, his, his whole run as a heel, especially the first time around, 
is very weird because you have Seth Rollins. You go back and you watch a lot of his pay-per-view matches, especially with the ones with like Cena and some of the ones with Orton. It felt weird. You want to know why? Because they were they were working their style of match. And Seth Rollins is working his style of match, which we all know Seth Rollins is a high flyer and everything like that. He's a hybrid wrestler. And it was just very, very weird because at points of matches, you would think that like Cena was the heel or Orton was the heel when Seth Rollins is flying around all over the place and they're trying to catch him and shit like that. Like a heel is trying to catch a, a baby face bouncing all over. It's like great Kali trying to catch Rey Mysterio back in 06, you know? It was just very, very weird. It, it just because the Seth Rollins didn't wrestle like a heel, he wrestled like a babyface. Especially that SummerSlam uh, 2015 match he had with Cena. Like, he wrestled that fucking match like a babyface, man. I'm like, oh, like, okay. <laughs> like, I was just, I was rooting for the guy through and through. I mean, I'm a Seth Rollins fan anyways, but, like, the way he was wrestling and the way he was, like, doing what he was doing, like, I was like, damn, like, son's wrestling like a babyface. And it's just very, very weird. Whereas Roman, Roman didn't do anything that was particularly all that pretty. Like Seth Rollins did, he wasn't doing any flips or moonsaults or he wasn't doing any Phoenix splashes or anything like that. Like he was just hard hitting. And the only thing remotely pretty that he ever did was like the, you know, Superman punch and the jumping clothesline or whatever. But I just, I always thought it should have been him. I thought it should have been him. I think Ambrose, it wouldn't have made sense with him being like a corporate shill or anything like that. Rollins was too like, if you remember Seth Rollins before when he was in NXT, like the even the Phil, like he he still had his hair half dyed, you know, at that point when he was still with them, and it just felt weird. They're trying to put him in a suit, them trying to have him be a corporate shill, but yet no, you look like somebody that came out of a 2012 alternative band. Like, how's that? How exactly is that corporate? <laughs> you know. Whereas Roman Reigns, long, yeah, exactly. long, wet that. hair, like Vince likes it, you know, you know, big, toasty, you know, just the, how Vince likes it, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it, I never got that. It was more of a shock appeal, and it, it, it was shocking. I, I ain't gonna lie, I didn't see it coming. I did not see it coming when it happened. Uh, although, I will say, the WWE magazine at that point, they were still selling the WWE magazines. And um, I was still get, buying them regularly in early 2014. I think the last issue they put out was maybe May of 2014, which, you know, they usually put the magazines out a month before. Um, they'll put they'll put the April or the May edition out, you know, in April. And they said something about how the Dean Ambrose feel about like how the shield split. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And um you know, Dean Ambrose, quote unquote, answered the question, you know, it's sad to see, uh, you know, all three of us go our separate ways. But, you know, we have to focus on our different career paths. I'm like, so what the fuck? The shield breaking up? <laughs> the shield broke up and I forgot about it? Like, what the fuck is this? And then, like, two weeks later, you know, the heel turn happened. I'm like, yo, like, oh, okay. <laughs> this makes sense now. So, yeah, very, very weird. But. I don't know. Like I just I just thought that it was just a big mistake on their part. They should have went with Roman all along. And had they would have written Roman all along, he would have been the big baby face after a while. Because guess what? People like somebody that talks shit. I'm sorry, shit talkers are draws. 
And you imagine Roman Reigns talking the shit that he talks now back then. He would have been over after a while. Why do you think Mark Henry was cheered after his uh, Hall of Pain run? Because he was talking shit and you felt it inside. You're like, damn, yeah, that's right, Mark. Whoop his ass. Especially, I always point to when um, he whipped Sheamus with the belt. <laughs> Come here, boy. Tell me another joke. Yeah. Bam. He's just whipping him with the belt. And I'm like, yo, like that's like shit my mama would say. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like. It resonated with me, and I'm like, yo, like, I, I fucking like Mark Henry because I, I feel what he's saying. I'm buying what he's selling. The same thing with Roman Reigns now. Like, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling everything you're doing right now. So, of course, I want to cheer for you. You know what I'm saying? So, it is what it is, and they just they just missed the big opportunity on that. And imagine if Vince wouldn't have been stubborn and just went with Roman as the heel. How a lot of things would be so different for the guy right about now. I was I was gonna say because uh-huh. like you, like okay, you have Roman be the heel, you have him be the sleazy corporate uh-huh. heel, and then you have Steph be the hot, you know, the babyface chasing him. That could have easily been your WrestleMania main event. Yeah, that could have. Like, you know, again, because you look at Seth again, like you said, Seth had you know the partially dyed hair, and he looked like a member of an alternative rock band. It's just like. How is this guy corporate? Exactly. I don't. I don't get. Like this guy's been like, he's like the alternative CM. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what so, people compared him to. Again, Even especially like his old attire back in and FCW like, and NXT. You know where he had like the, uh, the um the the fan art like type designs on his uh, trunks and his boots and it, it, the shit was cool. So I was kind of like disturbed when he started wearing like the tights and everything like that like always kind of hated that i always wished that he would have went back to wearing that fan art type gear again but because it was so cool and looked it looked awesome but um yeah it was just very very weird that they went with that choice always thought it was weird it still it still makes me feel weird now like you know how i would have booked it mm-hmm. is you know they're, they're he's chasing after the title but Anytime Seth had a chance to get near Roman, something would always happen. Yeah. So that's when you throw in Ambrose to kind of be like a like a not not really a warm up but a precursor. Like you build Ro- like you build Ambrose up as somebody who could possibly beat Roman, but he can't. So now it's just down to mm-hmm. Seth, and you have Seth win the Rumble. And the best way to do that is to have Seth entering at number one. Yeah. And he wins it, even when you know the corporation. You know, whatever the, the authority at the time, you know, try to screw with them. Seth still overcomes the odds and ends up being him and Roman at the main event at WrestleMania. Boom. Yeah, like that's storytelling. I, I, I'm just going to, I don't know. I wish I can just go back in time and just warn them. Just be like, no, don't yeah, do no, that. Right? Don't. don't do it. <laughs> like the scene in, uh, what, like the scene in Batman vs. Superman where Flash comes out and goes, don't mm-hmm. do it. Like that's going to be, you know, to Triple H and be like, don't. Don't have Seth be the hero. Mm-hmm. Have it be Roman. Have it be Roman. Like just things would have been so much different because you look at how Roman has naturally progressed being a heel. It it's like it fits like a glove. You know, Steph being the heel didn't work because again, they tried to book him like he was a chicken shit just so they can make Roman look mm-hmm. big. And they did the same thing with Dean. They made Dean look like a bumbling idiot. And looking back on it, again, if you're going to make Roman look strong, have him be the heel. Because people were already booing. Like, why wasn't... I remember... It's funny. I, re- I remember when that happened. And I remember when the Shield 
you know, it looked like they're already on, I guess, their last legs. Or I'm just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to have Roman be the deal. If anyone's going to turn on a team, it's Roman because he has the yeah. most. Like, if he's going to, if, if they're, if someone's going to, like, fuck with the shield or, you know, I guess, fuck up the shield or destroy the shield, it's going to be Roman because it just has to. Yeah. And then when it was Seth, I'm just, it, again, there was that shock factor of, like, I didn't see that coming. And then you realize, wait, Seth? <laughs> just, I, don't I don't know. That's basically how we how can we can just end this conversation of, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what just happened just now. <laughs> that was right. Yeah, um, it was weird. So, uh, other than that, was there anything else you wanted to go over? Uh... Not on my end. You got anything else you want to talk about? You want to talk about Wanda Vision real quick, or have you been? Oh, have you watched it? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I I I caught up on it uh, this past Saturday, and I gotta say, oh. as as it rolled on for me, like I, I'm starting to enjoy it a whole lot because I wasn't too jazzed about the whole you know the warped uh, TV show, but as the episodes gone on, I've I've gone to appreciate it so. I, I'm I'm digging it so far. Still not. I don't think it's gonna be my favorite out of all the shows. I, I think you know me, you and I have talked about it before. I'm I'm pretty into the Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon show because I think that's gonna be good. I like Sebastian Stan and uh, and Anthony Mackie. I like their chemistry and everything like that. So I think that's gonna be good. But uh, yeah, your thoughts. Your thoughts. I I love the show. Uh-huh. Um, I already knew what I was in for because. You know, here's the thing: is that as Marvel fans, as you know, superhero movie fans, especially a lot of like the Marvel movies, we're so used to you know fast-paced action. We're so used to being kind of spoon-fed, you know, all that action. Um, hold on, I, let me get my uh, let me get my my earbuds real quick. Give me one sec because these are about to die. Okay. Come on. Okay, here. So, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I think the last, probably the only time we've ever had a movie or any Marvel property with this much storytelling was Endgame. Because Mm -hmm. if you remember in Endgame, there really wasn't a whole lot of action. I mean, there the only action that happened was like towards the end of the movie and, you right. know, literally the last, you know, after the movie, the majority of the movie was basically just storytelling. And for this, this is storytelling. And mm-hmm. we're not even sure where this is going. And I like that. I like the fact that I, that we don't even know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, even Liz Olson had said, you're more than likely not even going to find out who the villain is until like the last, you know, episode of the show. Um, you know, the first two episodes are definitely a slow burn because, and I, I think that was their point of like, you know, what exactly are we watching? You know, mm-hmm. what am I watching? And I know a lot of people were kind of complaining about it. It's like, you know, oh, this show sucks. And it's just like, yeah, wait for it. Just wait for it. It's, it's going to get better. Trust me. And then episode three happens. And that's when, you know, you start to, you know, see through the keyhole, essentially. 
And then four happens, and that's when you are privy to what's going on. And then the most recent episode happened, which I need to get your thoughts on that. And then you realize, wait, I still don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a roller coaster. Yeah, exactly. And again, we're not even sure what's happening because the whole and anyone listening to the spoilers, uh, but the idea behind it essentially is that you know Mephisto is somehow controlling her. And if anyone doesn't know who Mephisto is, he's basically he's basically the devil of the MCU. And yeah. that's kind of the rumor and the idea, but we're not even sure because now, you know, with the last two episodes, especially this recent episode, it's basically Wanda. Wanda is in control mm-hmm. of everything that's going on. She's controlling it, but I have a feeling that she's being controlled. Yeah. Like, you know, the the, the puppet master is controlling another puppet. And that, that uh, that's why I think she's being controlled because I think it's a thing of like, mm-hmm. like how you, you noticed the scene where she steps outside the bubble, and mm-hmm. she just you know she throws that drone and just says, "Was this yours?" Which I thought was pretty badass, by the way. Yeah, and, it was. You know, and then she goes back in the bubble. She can't remember anything. You know, she's telling Vision, "I don't even know how I got here. All I know is I had everything under control." And then Vision, you know, he's saying, I can't even remember what happened before I got here. And and then the big reveal, which, again, spoilers for anyone who didn't see the recent episode, which if you didn't, go fucking watch it. But the big reveal at the end of episode five was, you know, they brought in Quicksilver, but not the MCU Quicksilver, but the Quicksilver from Fox, Evan Peters, from the Mm X-Men movies. And again, that's another thing of we're not even sure where this is going because this could, this can mean one of two things is, <clears throat> is that we have now, we're now dealing with a multiverse and yep. Kevin Feige already said that WandaVision is a precursor to Spider-Man three, which is also going to be a precursor to Dr. Strange two, which is the multiverse, multiverse right. of madness. madness. Yeah. Which also happens to have uh, Elizabeth Olsen in it. So, Doctor Strange is going to be fixing all these multiverses, and this could be the way to possibly bring in mutants. This could be the way to possibly bring in uh, vampires, you know, with Blade. Right. And Doctor Strange is going to find a way to kind of, you know, blend those universes together to make sure it doesn't crack. Mm-hmm. Um. Overall, I love this series. Each episode just keeps getting better and better. Um we're not even sure what's going to happen in the next episode because they don't really show too many previews because like when, like with most TV shows, they'll be like next week on blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They'll show you a preview of what's going to happen. WandaVision ain't doing that. Like they're, they're keeping you guessing because then we would want to give out a snippet of something you think is going to happen. So, uh, but again, I love the show. Um, I, I, Sorry to clear my throat. Um, yeah. I love the show. I like the fact that it's weekly. I like and I don't like it, but I like it in a sense where it creates conversation. Because yeah, if does. they decide to release everything all at once, it'd be a thing of, oh yeah, great show, loved it. You know, um, you know, it, I was watching it two thirty in the morning, and then I kind of fell asleep during one episode, and then I had to wake up and rewatch it. Now it's a thing of like, you know, you have all the time in the world to watch one episode that comes out. You can watch it during the day. You can watch it at night. Because sometimes binging can be bad. 
because I know when I binge, like there's always mm-hmm. that one episode where I kind of get tired and I don't pay attention. And then you yeah. watch the, and then you watch like two more, two more episodes and a character references something that happened two episodes ago. And you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah, what the what fuck? I, I, need what to did I miss this. <laughs> so, but um, anyways, go ahead. What are your thoughts on the whole show? Especially like the big reveal on the last episode. Uh, well, like I ex- exceeded all my expectations for it because I had low expectations for it. I mean, you talked about it on your show right. uh, that I wasn't really looking forward to it all that much. Although I do like the, I do like both characters. Don't get me wrong, but I just thought that both characters, in my opinion, weren't really strong enough to have a show. And but boy, I was wrong. I'm, I'm glad to say I'm wrong, and I'm, I'm fully admitting it right now. Like it's definitely exceeded all my expectations. And as far as Evan Peters, uh. Quicksilver being, <laughs> you know, around, <laughs> um, you know, I his Quicksilver was, I don't know, I don't want to say his, his Quicksilver was better because I like Aaron Taylor Johnson's uh, Quicksilver as well, right? But uh, like something about his Quicksilver just feels like more, I don't know, it feels more opposite of her, which is a good thing, because you know Wanda, you know Wanda and, and Pietro, they're you know two different people, and like I just think that. I don't know. They fit more together. So I, I'm interested to see how this turns out and this plays out because they definitely had me hooked after that. That's for sure. I'm looking forward to this week's episode. And I really am. <clears throat> Thank God, uh, you know, I got Friday off so I can, uh, you know, <laughs> so I can, you know, tune in to it in real time. So, yeah, there's definitely there's a lot to look forward to with this and. As we, you know, go into some of the other shows too, like Loki and and Falcon and Winter Soldier, like I just hope that they bring as much heat as this has as well. So you know that that's gonna be good too. And and She Hulk too. Whenever they, you know, decide to drop that, I think that should be pretty good as well. I mean, I mean, if you know me, I'm definitely hyped for Moon Knight. I want to see how that does. Oh yeah, I mean, Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. You bring in Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, who's a a legit actor, you know, Oscar nominated actor as the villain. He's going to be the villain on the show. That's going to be good. He, he's going to bring some legitimacy to that show. And also to the MCU as well. When you bring in an actor like, like Ethan Hawke, who has a great background, like you're, you're, you're doing good things. Um, I, th- I believe we're, I, th- I think we're actually getting five in, uh, Disney plus shows this year because we have WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is coming out in March, which I'm hyped for that. Well, boy, um, am I too. There's Lo- There's Loki. L- Loki's another show I kind of had. I wouldn't say low hopes, but I was just like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Then I saw the trailer. I'm like, okay, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, and then later in the year, we're getting the Hawkeye show. Um, and uh, Miss Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be good. <clears throat> yeah, Miss Marvel. Mar- that's gonna be- Miss Marvel's gonna be good too. I like that. If they if they keep it as cute as they did in the Avengers game, cause that's that's one of the positives about the Avengers game. Like as you was playing more with Kamala, like you 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 were falling in love with her, you know what I'm saying? So I hope that they they keep that same kind of energy with that with that show and let her just let her naturally grow on the audience is what I'm asking for. And I think the TV show is the best. The TV show format is the best way to do that possible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because there's a lot of characters that need that TV show format. Mm-hmm. In order to improve, because I mean, char- I mean, obviously, you know, the big four like Cap and Iron Man and Thor and Hulk. I mean, I think Hulk can maybe have his own TV show. I don't know, but those guys are given their own movies because 
they're a lot more known. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. somebody like Ms. Marvel, who's more, who's essentially new, she needs her own TV show to kind of get the audience on her side, which I'm pretty sure she will. Yeah. Um, again, and also, you know, someone like Wanda who, you know, Scarlet Witch, you know, again, we all know about Scarlet Witch. You don't know about House of M. She needs her own TV show because when you look back at all of her appearances in the Marvel movie, she was a side character. She was never really given that spotlight, you know, only in Avengers Endgame when she almost killed, you know, Thanos, which she was pretty close to. Um, and then yeah. you got, and then you got other characters like Loki, who everybody was pining for to get him his own movie. Now he's his own TV show, which is a good choice. Yeah, you know, same same thing with Hawkeye. Hawkeye has his own TV show, which is a good choice. You know, Disney Plus. You know, it's it's good. You know, not just with Marvel, but with Star Wars. You know, if you're a Star Wars fan, you know, Mandalorian was a was a great show to watch. You don't even have to be a Star Wars fan to enjoy that show because it's such a good show. It has interesting characters. You know, Marvel is doing the same thing mm-hmm. with these characters. <clears throat> and also the movies. Uh, th- these shows are doing their job because we're not, especially in this COVID era, you know, we're not sure when these movies are going to come out because we're not sure if, you know, Black Widow is going to come out when it's supposed to. We're not sure if Spider-Man 3 is supposed to, is going to come out when it's supposed to, because y- you never know because these movies can be like, mm, we're going to move the release date to a bulb, which I, personally, they, they need to move these movies to, to Disney plus already. Yeah, especially Black Widow. I'm like, I'm, I'm sick and tired of waiting. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see it. You know, especially exactly. if this is, especially if this is supposed to be, you know, Scarlett Johansson's, you know, farewell, so to speak. Like, I'm, I'm ready to see it so I can get it over with, so I can just cry and get it over with. You know. <laughs> exactly. These movies need to come out, and I get it. Disney. It's weird because Disney will release their other movies, but they won't release Marvel on Disney Plus. Like they'll release. They don't want to miss yeah. out on that money. They don't want to miss out on that money. I I think they knew Mulan was kind of be, was kind of going to be in the iffy category, um, especially after the reviews of all the trailers and everything like that. So I think they, I don't, I don't think that they knew. Oh, I think that they knew that they weren't going to get the big time box office feel and money off of that Mulan live live action movie. So they had no problems with releasing it on Disney Plus. But well, that Black, movie that they just put out, Soul, uh, yeah. it got really good reviews, and I think it got nominated for Best Animated Feature. Oh yeah, and I mean, with good reason too. It was a beautiful movie. It was beautifully done, and everything like that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, and they have Disney has good movies and stuff like that, obviously. And I just think that they know that Marvel is a big hit for them right now. The association with Marvel is definitely helping expand their business, you know, box office wise and traction wise. So I think that they want, and especially, like I said, most people, you know, they already seen the movie. They know that, you know, it's likely that we're not going to see Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow after this ever again. So I think they want to make that money off that farewell quote unquote movie. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Disney isn't like, you know, you know, strapped for cash or anything but it's just i don't oh, know no of they, course not they need to release on a disney plus already like it's 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 already at the point where it's like come on we need to see these movies already because yeah. they're, they're at the point where people might lose interest in seeing these movies yeah mm-hmm. and, that, and that's true too that's true too 
I mean, you look at HBO. HBO decided to say, you know what, fuck it. You know, and, or Warner Brothers decided to say, fuck it. We're just going to release our whole, you know, yearly catalog on HBO, which kind of caused an uproar with a lot of people, and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's another story. But, you know, Disney just – Disney needs to be smart. They need, just, they need to realize people need to see this movie already because it's been promised for years, for yeah. fucking years. And exactly. can't, I, I don't really think they can – I mean, they can't afford – because Disney has more money probably than God at this point, mm-hmm. but they just they need to put this movie out already because I want to see it. I've been dying to see it. Yeah, and me too. It's just I, I hope it does come out. I mean, I hope they don't move it again because I hope so either. I, I hope not. I mean, they've been very hush hush about it because there there have been maybe rumblings about moving it, but there hasn't been like an outright you know thing report. Disney might move the release of Black Widow. Yeah. And, you know, they showed the running time of how long the movie is. So, I mean, for all we know, they might even move it to Disney Plus. I mean, they might even just say, you know, uh, there might even be a report next week, you know, in theaters or and on Disney Plus, which good. I mean, nobody says it ha- strictly has to be on Disney Plus. Just put it on Disney Plus. <laughs> like people, people want to see the fucking movie already. It's already done. It's been finished for like what a year and a half. It's like just let people watch it already. Like, yeah, put it put it on Disney Plus. If you still want to make your money, charge what fifteen dollars for it. When they when they dropped Mulan and it was like what what was it like thirty dollars? I was like, what the fuck? I ain't paying no thirty dollars. You know, fucking Mulan. Especially if <laughs> you know the fuck Mushu ain't in the fucking movie. What the fuck? I'm paying thirty five dollars to see this damn movie for. Fuck out of here. So we finally seen it when they dropped the damn price and put it on for free. And uh, but I think I think Black Widow, man, go ahead, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, or whatever. That's fine. That's cool. I, I'll be willing to pay that because um, you know, I just I I love that character. I love the Black Widow character, and you know, Scarlett Johansson to me was always perfect. I was watching Iron Man two the other day, mm-hmm. and it just reminded me how excited I was for that character. I'm like, yo, like, cause me myself personally, you know, I like badass women, so like, you know. And it, it, you know, it doesn't hurt at all that she's uh, very, 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 you know, spicy. You know, she's very easy on the eyes. So, you know, that definitely helps out a whole lot. But, like, she, like, the whole, the way they've had her character throughout the whole series and it coming to an end here, like, it's just something special. It's something special. Like, I almost, almost cried, man, when she died, you know? Yeah. I really did. <laughs> she, yeah. I was like, no, no, what are you doing? No, what the hell? What the fuck? It's like it's like anytime you watch the movie, whenever she says, see you in a minute, I'm like, ugh. <sighs> You're not gonna see us in a minute because you'll be dead in a minute. It's yeah, like, oh god damn it. Like you know, and I just don't I don't know who they're gonna get to fill that 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 shoe. Well it's uh, gonna be um it's gonna be old girl, uh uh Florence was it Florence Pugh or Florence Pug? But I'm underneath the impression that she's not, she's shady as fuck. <laughs> so, I mean, that's me. That's me. <clears throat> um, <laughs> hey, Paige, <laughs> it's my house now. No, nah, but, uh, um, no, nah, but I'm underneath the impression that her character is going to turn out to be, you know, shady. But that's just me. That's just me, you know. Uh, just certain vibes in the trailer gave me, you know, vibes that, She's gonna pull a, a heel turn, so to speak, at some point in the movie or something like that. 
Well, I mean, I, I think was it the actress said that she signed a multi-year contract with Marvel, and she's actually mm-hmm. going to appear on the on the Hawkeye series. So, I, I, here, what I think is going to happen mm-hmm. is that yeah, I think she is shady at first, but right. then she basically just you know the basic hero thing of like you know she learned the error of her ways or whatever. She forgot what it was really like to be Black Widow, of right. what it's like to take on that mantle of Black Widow, and. Yeah, she's gonna be around. That girl's gonna be around for a while because she, again, she's young, and she's basically gonna take over that mantle that you know Scarlett took over. So, and I, and I like that girl, by the way, that Florence Pugh. I like her. She's she seems like someone she's pretty like she's pretty chill, and she's also very easy on the eyes. Yeah, so she's a good actress too, by the way. But yeah, the movie, yeah, I'm, the movie I'm looking forward to. I'm interested to see what they do because the notion that the trailer gives off is that it's set in different time periods because you uh-huh. have seen where her hair is red and then her hair is blonde. Yeah. So I think it's set like after civil war mm-hmm. and during end game. Yeah. Or, or slightly beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then you got, then you got taskmaster who's, I, I believe the first, you know, Fox owned Marvel character is going to be used in a movie. I like I love the Taskmaster too. I don't like how they had him in the, the Avengers game. Like that kind of sucked, but like as far as like the TV shows and all the other stuff that that he's been in, like I like the Taskmaster. Like that's a that's a good villain. And I like the way that they had him in the trailer and everything like that of him using the Black Panther's uh combat style and even you know copies of uh his weapons and shit. So like I think that that Taskmaster is going to be good, but to me, for for somebody that's such a mysterious villain, I think he has to be somebody. He has to be somebody important because I think that if they take off the mask and it's just oh, it's Tony Masters from the comic book, I think that that would kind of suck. To be quite honest with you, <laughs> so like, who would it be? Like, if like if you're if you're booking the movie, like who would like who would it be to kind of make the audience go, oh shit. I would have it be like maybe some lost, some long lost lover that Natasha had, um, you know, when she was uh, training in Budapest and everything like that. Like, I think that, that that'd be a way to go. And maybe the guy died or something. And now he's back as Taskmaster. Like, I think that would be a simple way to go. And that'd be, it's kind of like Arrow when they did the whole storyline of who was the vigilante and everything like that. Everybody thought it was Adrian Chase, but Adrian Chase turned out to be Prometheus in the end. And, you know, they went with uh, the other Black Canary's um, boyfriend that supposedly <clears throat> had died, but he had powers, too. The The part where they went wrong is that they casted a guy that looked completely different. <laughs> <laughs> that was the point. That was the part that they went wrong on it. And even in the flashbacks, they showed the, 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 the other guy that they went with. And then in the present time, it was just a different looking man. I'm like, what the fuck? Who is this supposed to be? And then she was like, Vince. And I'm like, huh? It's like that don't look like the same fucking guy, but I think if they did something like that, similar to that, that it would, it would be fine. It would be acceptable. Or if they could just, just do the Tony Masters thing and just have like maybe him and Natasha had been previously involved with each other, and I mean, I guess. But I just think that the bloom is off the rose with that. That they have to go with somebody else. But that's just me once again. Because I think that movie, I think with, I think that movie has to have some type of twist and turn. The mother or somebody's got to, somebody's got to flip, you know. 
I mean, I, I think, I think it'll be what's her name, uh, the chick from the Mummy that's in the movie. Oh man, uh, that, lady's, that lady's hot. What's her name? Oof. Rachel Wise or whatever. Rachel Wise. There, she's a. Uh, isn't oh she married God. to Daniel Craig? I think she's married to Daniel Craig. Oh, well, Daniel Craig is a lucky fucking guy. I could tell you that much. That lady is fucking unbelievable. I think. <laughs> I mean, again, you're right. There has to be a twist because mm. this movie is giving me Winter Soldier vibes. Exactly. And something's got to happen. Winter Soldier had that twist of you know Hydra's been growing under Shield you know for this long. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're gonna get something like some type of inside invasion. The Red Guardian, I think that would be too. I think that'd be too predictable or anything like that because how over the top he is and this and the other. Like I think that would be too predictable. And plus, I think he's gonna. I don't. I don't want to. You know. This, and and again, this is not spoilers or anything. Like this is my own theory. I think he's gonna die by the time right. the end of this movie. So I don't think he's gonna make it. But I think that I think that one of those two women are gonna turn. Either Paige is gonna turn, or the or uh, Soraya, sweet Soraya, <laughs> <is> gonna turn. <laughs> one of them is gonna turn. So you know, I mean that that'd be interesting. I mean, I, I, if it came out that uh, what's her name was really Taskmaster the whole time, I'm like, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. And even even just that, if one of them turned out to be Taskmaster, that would be that would be cool because you know the thing about Taskmaster though, hmm. they never really had any close ups of. Of uh the footage, the footage that we've seen, there haven't been much close-ups of the body, so to speak, but more so the helmet and everything. I don't know if you noticed that, but I've noticed that in the trailers. And even what? the mer- and even the merchandise for like like the still sets they showed of Taskmaster didn't really give me much of a defined shape, if you know what I mean, as far as physicality goes. Or gender physicality goes. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe one of them turned out to be the Taskmaster. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I like that. Like, us just theorizing about it. Like, that shows our interest in this movie. And, uh, you know, and it shows that we have an interest in seeing what finally goes down. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're getting a twist. We're getting a twist somehow, some way. And I think it's going to carry on with a certain character. I think, um, like you said, Florence uh, Pugh, she did sign a, a multi- uh, picture deal i don't know what they're gonna do with her character moving forward is she gonna be the new black widow i'm not sure um she is because scarlet's scarlet's done like she said this is my last movie or last role oh my god that's that's gonna kill me (laughs) oh god damn it Ah. what what happened in endgame is gonna certainly affect how you look at my character in this movie it's gonna show how nobody was in that sacrifice so she's done i mean she's done Downey has pretty much made it clear that he's not coming back, mm-hmm. um, which sucks because now they're bringing in the Fantastic Four, so you can see the interaction with him and Reed Richards. Um, you yeah, know, that would have been sweet. Chris Evans apparently is coming back, but then in that what that Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer, you're seeing, you know, Sam, what's what at what looks like to be a memorial for Steve, yeah. and I. I think they they're probably gonna not kill off Steve, but I think Steve is gonna die in yeah. like the first episode because I mean he's like what over a hundred and it's it's gonna be kind of similar I guess to what happened you know to Agent Carter in Civil War you know she passed away in the beginning of the movie and they had that memorial for her right and, you know you see Steve in basically a museum of Captain America shit and he's looking dejected 
And I'm like, <sighs> I mean, I kind of hope, I, I hope, I hope it really isn't the case, but it looks like it's the case because mm-hmm. the whole point of the show is that it's, you know, Steve, he passed the mantle to, to Sam in Endgame, but Sam kind of seems like he's unsure if he wants to take up that mantle because because when Steve gained the shield, he said it feels like it's somebody else's because he's unsure of himself. But, you know, you already know in the last episode he's going to, you know, be Cap. So it's – there are rumors that Chris Evans was going to come back apparently, but I don't know. I mean, he probably will come back in some shape or form, but I, I don't know. And then Hemsworth is going to stay on for a bit. I mean, he, he looks like he just wants to play Thor for the rest of his life, which I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't be opposed to that because he's he's Thor. When you yeah. see him, he's Thor. Yeah, he's Thor. Lot, he's Thor. Thor and through. A, a lot of these actors, you see him, and you can see him in other roles. Mm-hmm. You know, because Robert Downey Jr. Is, you know, he's been an actor for his whole career. You see Chris Hemsworth, and you go, "You're Thor." Yeah, exactly. I can't see you as anything else but Thor, and I'm pretty sure he's not opposed to that. So, no, of course not, because he's associated with something that was actually good. Because let's be real, let's be frank. Nobody really talked about Thor like that. Right. Nobody was like, "Yo, oh, Spider Man, Iron Man," uh, and even Iron Man wasn't really that pop. Like, if you asked anybody, any normal person about a comic book character, Spider Man and Batman would be the first two to come in the Hulk because he's big and green, obviously, and the X Men would come up after that. Right. Nobody was talking about Thor and Iron Man like that. So Robert Downey Jr. put Iron Man on the map. Chris Hemsworth, mm-hmm. he put Thor on the map. You know what I'm saying? Especially Thor more so than Iron Man because, like I said, nobody was talking about Thor. And Tom Hiddleston, <laughs> to this point, he put Loki on the map as well. Yeah, essentially they became bigger than the character. You know, yeah, you exactly. look at Because uh, Wolverine was already a popular character and Hugh Jackman became bigger than the character. You know, Robert Downey Jr. became bigger than the character. Chris Evans... I mean, Captain America was already kind of a popular character, but he wasn't that popular. But Chris Evans made him a household name and kind of became bigger than the character. Same, pretty much anyone in Marvel has become bigger than their character. You know, even even Paul Rudd has become bigger than Ant-Man, you know, quote unquote. But <laughs> same thing with Scarlett Johansson. But yeah, you look at this these new wave of movies that are coming out, they're making sure these movies are bigger. Are bigger and better than before. You look at Thor four. It's basically another Avengers movie because you have Thor and the Guardians, and then you have Natalie Portman coming back as Lady Thor, and then you're bringing in Christian Bale as a villain. You know who who would have thought we'd see Christian Bale in a Marvel movie? Like right. no one, else. especially after all the years of playing Batman. You know, yeah, and he's going to be the villain, and he's he's more than likely going to fucking crush it. Um. You look at Doctor Strange too, which is supposed to be huge. It's supposed to be like the probably one of the biggest Marvel movies out there. Um, Spider Man three, same thing. You know, it just seems like every week there's a report of somebody coming back. You know, the, you know, uh, Andrew Garfield's coming back, Tobey Maguire's coming back, Kristen Dunst is coming back, Emma Emma Stone's coming back. You know, they just announced that apparently Willem Dafoe is coming back as Green Goblin. Which oh, I need that. I, I will mark the fuck out as soon as I see him on screen. Oh, you because and me, you and me both. Oh my God, Willem Dafoe, phenomenal. I love Willem Dafoe in anything. Yeah, Willem oh yeah, Dafoe me too. As Green Goblin, <laughs> amazing. Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin in a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie will be equally as amazing, even oh, better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Oh my god. <clears throat> the antsy wentsy spider went up the water spout. Down came the goblin and took the spider out. <laughs> like that will be like, that, that, yo. I, I like how, I like how Marvel is just like, should we cast anyone for this role? And Sony's like, no, we'll just bring these guys back. And it, it works exactly. because it works. you know they they they're bringing they already brought back Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, which again, Spider Man Two. A lot of people will say was the better Spider Man movie out of out of everything else. And yeah, it I'll was. Probably, I'll probably have to agree with him. And Alfred Molina was great in that movie. He was great as the villain because you felt for him. You know, you knew he wasn't being evil just for the sake of being evil. He had a reason. And then he realized, you know, the error of his ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man 3 is going to be huge because we're at the point where we don't even know what the fuck to believe. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I wouldn't be opposed to them not even releasing a trailer for this movie at all. And we just go into the movie like open minded, not even know what's gonna happen. They gotta give me they gotta give me some type of tease. They gotta give me some type of tease. I mean I'm already gonna see it anyway because I'm you know you know I you know I love uh Spider Man to death anyway. So I'm already they already got my ticket. They, they, there's no question of that at all. But man just give me a little just give me a little tease. Just a little tease. Just a little tease. That's all I ask. What if they release a trailer that has nothing to do with anything you'll watch in the movie? Like they they just release a fake trailer of like Spider-Man, you know, web slinging everywhere in New York. And then you watch the movie and you're like, yeah, none of this stuff happened in the trailer. <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, Marvel's known to do bait and switches like that. I mean, you talked about it before the Hulk running in uh, Wakanda, you know, in uh, the Avengers, uh, you know, the affinity war. When in reality, when you see the movie, he's running around in the Hulk buster costume or uh, right. the Hulk buster suit. So you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so they they've known to pull bait and switches like that in, in in trailers. Yeah, exactly, and they're very tight lipped. Like they're making sure nothing gets out because you know the only behind the scenes footage you've seen, or not even footage, but like pictures, are just Tom Holland and Zendaya. You haven't seen mm-hmm. anything else. I mean, because the talk is that we're getting Tom, uh, not Tom Holland, but uh, Toby, Andrew Garfield, and. You know, Tom Holland, of course, you know, he's known to in the past, he's known to spoil things. I think he's gotten better because mm-hmm. he, he came out today saying, yeah, they're not in the movie. So and then they're bringing back, you know, uh, was it Charlie Cox, you know, Daredevil from the show into yeah. the movie, which and I need that. I need that, which it's weird because I think Marvel was reading my thoughts because as soon as I saw Far From Home, I'm like, OK, he's on the run. People are after he's going to need a lawyer. And now Marvel Studios got the rights back to Daredevil and all their other Netflix shows. You know what, though? You know the scary part about it, though? Like, even though that does make sense, I thought they was going to go with Jennifer Walters instead. And I was like, no, I kind of don't want them to do that because I I, I want Daredevil and Spider-Man to fight alongside each other. Just once. Just once. That's all I ask. Just once. Just yeah, and also, and also, because you and me watched the cartoon, there was that episode of yeah. what? What is it? Uh, Spider Man was was it? He he became a spider. Like fuck, what was it? Like he actually became a spider, and he was like terrorizing New York, and that's how they brought in the Punisher because the yeah. Punisher you know, was after him, and Daredevil came in, and you know Matt, Matt Murdock was his lawyer, but Daredevil also helped him clear his name. So no, no, that like, was I'm... no, that was two different episodes. You talking about? Oh, was it? Fuck. 
Yeah, the 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 episode you're talking about where uh because I just watched it not too long ago. Actually, I watched it last weekend where um Kingpin's son they framed uh Peter for uh, espionage. And so Matt Murdock, you know, cleared his name and everything like that, you know, mm. trying to right, figure right, out right, who right. the Kingpin was and stuff like that. So that that was that episode and the one you're talking about with the Punisher where he turned into the giant man spider, <laughs> which still creeps me out. I ain't even gonna lie. 20 something years later, that's <laughs> when he turned into the big giant spider for the first time. That shit still creeps me out a little bit. But um, yeah, and and, and the Punisher and uh Morbius oddly no, the Punisher and Craven the Hunter, excuse me, team up to take him down. Speaking of Craven the Hunter. I mean, uh-huh. you're, you're the news that apparently they want Keanu Reeves to play Craven. Uh, I don't know. Keanu Reeves is the man, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I just... Craven... The only guy I could see really playing Craven, honestly, Jason Momoa. Give him a little bit of a haircut, and I think he'd be a perfect Craven. Because he's got that, you know, that Islander look right. that Craven has, and he's fucking huge. Keanu Reeves is not a a big muscular impressive looking guy you know physically and that they craving a hunter you know in the comic books and in the video games and stuff like that in the tv shows he was always presented as this big you know brute guy uh, that was you know extra quick very agile obviously the animalistic uh senses and powers and stuff like that like so i think they need to get a guy that can actually portray that on, on in a movie you know and i just uh, keanu reeves is not He's not that. I don't know. Unless they want to take a different take on the character, make him more intellectual, but that would defeat the whole purpose of him being a hunter. <laughs> right, and also, again, love Keanu Reeves, but yeah. two things come into play. One, Craven. Craven's Russian, correct? Yeah, exactly. And Keanu sucks at accents. Yeah, he does. Two, Keanu's too thin. Exactly. So, my my dream choice uh-huh. to play Craven would be Carl Urban. Carl Urban, yeah, but is he is he like a short dude too? When he was yeah. Dredd, when he was Judge Dredd, he looked pretty small. <laughs> uh, he he's very physically imposing. Like he has the look. Like to me, Carl Urban is the perfect choice to be a to be a Craven or maybe even a Wolverine. But that's enough. Really, Wolverine? But, yeah, I see Carl Urban, and I see his. I look at his face first. So I look at the face, uh-huh. and then I just picture him actually being able to pull off the costume okay. and I hear his voice. I'm like, yep, he'd be the perfect Wolverine in my opinion. Okay. But, but that's another story. But yeah. um, for Craven the Hunter, he'd be a good choice. Another choice for me would be, um, I, for the life of me, I can't say this guy's name, right? He's the guy playing Deathstroke in the DC movies. Oh, Joe Maganello. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Joe Maganello. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm almost sorry that I didn't even think of that myself. Yeah. Joe Maganello. Yeah. Which, which which is uh which is funny because he was Flash Thompson in in the Spider Man movies, but uh, which he looked which he he looked way too old to be Flash. By the way, when I can when I can see your beard line on your face when you're supposed to be in high school, that's a problem, dog. Like even even when I was a kid watching that movie, that was 2002. I was like fucking, I was like I was like eight when that movie came out, or seven then, or eight, and I even I knew like. This guy is not a fucking high schooler. Like this and man then, is a—he's um, like a forty-something-year-old man. Him and Tobey Maguire both. James Franco yeah. was the only one that had a remote baby face in that movie. Yeah, him and Toby are the same age, and when that movie came out, they're both twenty-seven. 
Yeah, I'm like, dude, like these dudes are like they old enough to be in college, man. Come on, my nigga, like, come on, for real. Which is which like, is really why I kind of laugh. Which is why I kind of laugh in that Spider-Man Two scene where that guy goes, "He's just a kid." I went, "No, he's not." Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's got he's got like a five o'clock shadow. Come on, but yeah, um, yeah. the Craven movie I think has the possibility to be something interesting. Yeah, because that's a very interesting character. And I not too it long is. ago I read great. Not too long ago, I read Craven's Last Hunt. Oh man, which it's just a perfect that, story. That went a lot differently than I thought it would, but uh-huh. I enjoyed it. It was a it was a great story. It's a yes, yeah, it's, it's one of the best. It's one of the best. And if anybody out there that's a comic book fan listening to this, like you, definitely got to do yourself a favor and pick up Craven's Last Hunt. Read it, get it, get it any way you can, and read that bad boy because it's a good story. And I hope that. Oh, they can tell that. And and people were speculating that maybe he would be like a main villain for Peter in this, that he would hunt down Peter and everything like that, which I wouldn't be opposed. Um, maybe bring back some of the villains from the past, like the Doc Ox, uh, the Green Goblins, which, by the way, you find it funny that they never even bothered by casting a Green Goblin or Harry Osborn for Tom Holland's movie. And they did not even bother by letting that guy even be the Green Goblin in um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. We don't, we don't talk about that. <laughs> oh, God, that was awful. That was awful. That was bad. I was like, they didn't even give this fucker the chance. He, they kill him off the first five minutes of the movie. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Awful, 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 awful. So, yeah, people, people try to defend it. I'm like, that movie was awful, bro. That second one. It's just I, I don't have good memories of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I don't. Instead of the Amazing Spider-Man, um, it should have been Peter and Gwen. That's what it should have been, honestly. It, it, here's where I cut. Here's where my apologist uh, nature comes into play. Uh huh. I didn't think the I I didn't think the movies were that bad, but they really could have been that much better because of course when you look at, when you look at them because my girl is is a spider-man fan and uh-huh. you know she was like they're telling the story correctly because peter met gwen first before he met mj because yeah, that was correct when you look at the sam raimi spider-man movies he it was just him and he meets mj first and she was like no that wasn't right because mm-hmm. he meets mj in college and yeah, you know correct correct me if i'm wrong he meets uh, Gwen Stacy in high school, and then she dies before he goes to college, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, th- okay, there. Mm-hmm. Um, which just, goes to show that just the way they told it in the in uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm interested to see how they incorporate Gwen Stacy in the you know the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. So, but yeah, the the Amazing Spider-Man movies, I didn't think they were that bad. Um, the first one wasn't but, bad. I, I thought the first one was actually pretty fun, but that second one, though, oh my god! And I and yeah, look, this, here's the thing: I wanted to like it because I like Electro. Jamie yeah. Fox playing Electro is kind of weird to me, but it's fine. It's Jamie Fox. It's Electro. Fine, I can get over it. Um, my man there, uh, Dane DeHaan playing a villain like he he's a he looks like a, a fucking prick in real life anyway. So like that's perfect. That's fucking that, that's perfect. I thought it was perfect. I thought actually he was more of a villain than James Franco was. I thought v- James Franco was so busy playing soap opera, soap opera man with his uh, Harry Osborn, especially when he had to be a villain in Spider-Man three, that it just didn't come off as he didn't come across as menacing. He just came across as a soap opera actor more than anything. And, but I thought that Dane DeHaan did a more of a better job being a, a prick villain uh, 
with the the Harry Osborne character and uh Paul Giamatti as fucking Rhino. Oh my god. <laughs> Talk about hamming it up. Oh man, they really hammed it up. And it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah, cuz like it's weird because the trailer sh- showed you that it was going to be huge and then they showed that Rhino fight. And then the Rhino fight ends up being like two seconds and it's the last fucking part of the movie i'm like are you serious like i remember watching it and as soon as they're about to fight it goes to like credits i'm like you gotta be kidding me yeah that was exactly my reaction too like we finally get rhino in a live in a like a live action spider-man movie and he's in the movie for like what a minute yeah a minute and a half Uh uh-huh yeah, that yeah the the Spider Man uh, Amazing Spider Man two movie was just not good. Yeah, like, I mean, it, this lady that was sitting in front of us, she goes, "What the fuck?" <laughs> 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 and, I, and I tapped her on the shoulder. I said, "I know, right? Like, what, what the hell is that? <laughs> that was that was atrocious." Well, you know, originally before they brought in Tom Holland, mm-hmm. uh, originally they were gonna bring uh, Garfield into the into the MCU. I'm glad they didn't, honestly, because to me, he just, he's not a perfect Peter Parker. He was a good Spider-Man as far as, like, dialogue and shit goes, but he's not, he wasn't a good Peter Parker. At least Tom Holland, he's got that baby face, and you just believe that he's a kid, you know? And that, that helps out a whole lot when you take all those things into consideration, and you feel his pain. And and Tom Holland, the thing that I like about him the most, uh, over Toby and Andrew, is that he his ability to sell the emotion on his face without saying anything? I don't know if you guys catch on to that, but the the way like yes. his faces, like the way he makes them, is just like sometimes those things, you know, those type of emotions on your face speak a whole lot more louder than certain actions do, or even certain words. So always giving him credit for that. I just to me, he's my favorite. He's my favorite man. Exactly. I'm telling you, when I went, I saw Spider-Man Homecoming, and we talked about this on your show before, but I went to go see Spider-Man Homecoming, smile from ear to ear the whole entire movie. When I went to go see Far From Home two years ago, smile from ear to ear the whole entire time. I enjoyed those movies. I enjoyed the kid as uh, Spider-Man. I really do. And as Peter Parker. You know who he reminds me of? Because you just said that he has that emotion. He kind of reminds me of Grant Gustin as the Flash, yeah. in a sense where, because my girl pointed this out to me, I never realized it before because she started watching the Flash not too long ago. She said he he smiles with his whole face. Yeah, he does. Like he he uses like whenever he's like really happy and he has that million dollar smile. Like I'm not even trying to be gay or anything, but I'm just like that's a good looking guy. Like he like he has that look of like you know you want to root for him. Like, yeah. And then when he's sad, like he really sells the emotion, and like really you does. get, like you get, like you get sad seeing. You're like, damn man, shit, like chill, like you got this. You're the Flash. You're the Flash, man. You got this. Same thing with like Tom Holland. Whenever he's, you know, Peter Parker, and you know, there's a scene in Far From Home whenever he's talking about Tony the, the happy, and I'm just like, oh, dude, don't do that. <laughs> don't, yeah. Like, don't give me that face. Come on, man. You're gonna kill me. You got this. You got this. You're fine. You got this. Yeah, exactly. And, and like he obviously loves playing Spider-Man because he's said he's going to play this role for as long as he can, and and I hope he does. Like I, I hope I do too. I, really I hope he's Spider. I'll be Spider-Man until the day he does. Like I'm just yeah. going to put it that way. I'll be Spider-Man until he's like 60 and he can't move. Like, I, just, <laughs> I hope so I got, too. Like I don't. I don't. I 
at this point, I don't really think I can picture anyone else playing him. And, you know, he, in my opinion, I think he's the best of both worlds as far as like being a really good Peter Parker and being a really good Spider-Man. Exactly. And I think that the fact that he has the youth, the legit youth on his side helps out a whole lot as well. You know, because they they brought him in when he was a kid. He literally got cast to the role when he was 18. Yeah, exactly. And he's still he he's not he's not one of those, you know, I'm I'm sorry to say this, but he's not one of those uh you know, white guys that age quickly either. He still has that baby face. I don't know if it's makeup or you know, I've seen pictures of him outside of stuff like he still remotely looks the same. Uh, you know, when he's not playing the part. So he he has that youthful looking face that helps out a lot whereas Andrew or Toby, you could tell they were older dudes, you know. I mean, I think Andrew was a little bit more younger or youthful than Toby because Toby, you know, trying to play a 14 or 15 year old in high school, like you, like you see him, you're like, yeah, that's a grown ass man with, you know, as, as, but with Tom, you see him and you're like, that's a, that kid's young. That kid's going to still look like he's 18 by the time he's 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like he'll be 30 being in Spider-Man six and you're like, <laughs> He still looks like he's in college. Like he still looks mm-hmm. like, like he'll be in the movie and be like, I am a 21 year old and he's like 35 in real life. And you're like, yep, I can believe it. Yeah, I can totally believe it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but that's, yeah, like I said, that's my favorite. I'll defend him. I'll defend him uh, to, to I'm, I'm blue in the face. Like he, he, to me, he's my favorite Spider-Man. Toby second, Andrew third. Um. <laughs> Because Toby, you know, Toby, most people go with Toby because of the the nostalgia, which, you know, I, nostalgia over quality sometimes, you know, that's that's subjective and everything like that. But, uh, you know, I was a kid, too, growing up, growing up on Tobey Maguire. Like I said, I was eight years old when the first Spider-Man movie came out. So, yeah, I grew up on that. But it's just that I enjoy Tom a whole lot more now. You know what I'm saying? Like, fully understanding all, all of the movies, you know, as a grown adult male now. <clears throat> and just looking back on all of them, like, I just enjoy Tom's stuff better. And plus, Tom Tom's movie gave me Mysterio, one of my favorite villains. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's a bonus to me as well. And also, I guess to kind of close it out, you know, when in Spider-Man 3, you know, they showed, you know, the behind-the-scenes footage, it's really playing off to what happened in the last movie where, you know, spoilers, you know, this movie came out two years ago, so I don't even know why I should say spoilers, but spoilers, um, you know, Mysterio revealing Peter, you know, Spider-Man's real identity as Peter Parker and claiming that he killed him. And the whole idea of the movie is Spider-Man's on the run. There's also people like picking sides of like, oh, I, I support Spider-Man. I support Mysterio, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's the possibility that Jake Gyllenhaal might come back. Yeah, um, I don't. You know, I never bought. I never bought that he was dead. Yeah, it's also it's also mysterious. So he'll be yeah, back. The, the, the Master of Illusion, man. Master of Illusion. Also, we're getting Sinister Six. Yeah, exactly. And you can't have that without Mysterio. I'm sorry, Mysterio's got to be in there. You got to have Vulture, Mysterio, Rhino, Scorpion, which you know they already you know plant to see with that. Um, I don't know who else is gonna fill those gaps. I guess I guess you can do Green Goblin and Doc Ock, and you can make that happen. But um, well, I mean, they already have Doc Ock. I mean, supposedly mm-hmm. they already have Willem Dafoe back, which I hope so. Yeah, um, I hope so too, man. I'm telling you right now, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna flip. As soon as uh, they make that official or they save it for the movie, I'm flipping. I'm 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 gonna text you and tell you that I flipped. <laughs> if if they if they save the surprise for the movie. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be having all these text messages on my phone like Drew, answer your phone. Drew, answer the phone, answer the phone, answer the phone. <laughs> Dude, they did it, they did it. Like, bro, I saw it. I saw it. I know. I was in there. <laughs> Oh man, this yeah, that's gonna be dope though. Like, if I can get I mean, off your phone, RJ, watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, God damn it, RJ, just watch the movie. For God's sakes. Oh, oh man. man. But oh, um, man. I can't wait for that. I seriously yeah, I mean, can't wait. Me either, man. Like I just and you know, in a way, I like the secrecy. I like the secrecy. I like the uncertainty because, like, like you said, that's it's more of a fulfilling uh, thrill when you go to a movie and see what they do as opposed to knowing so much about the movie going into it. So I, I like that we're getting a lot of uncertain things or, you know, some speculation that William Dafoe was here and, and you know, you watch the movie and he wasn't there. You know, that would be kind of disappointing, but you know, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, so I can, I can, I can overlook that, but yeah, man. Um, was there anything else you wanted to get into before you close out? Uh, we pretty much touch touch base on every single thing we can think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, we did, man. Um, yeah, Drew, uh, plug plug your stuff for uh some of some of the fans that listen to the fans of Friends, because you know I'm not high and mighty, I ain't above nobody. But some to some of the friends to the show, you know, uh, you know, plug your stuff, you know. So, uh, show is the I have a show which uh, people are people should be shocked by. I have a show uh, <laughs> uh, every Wednesday. It's live on Spreaker at 930. Lately, we've been kind of going a little early, which I actually like doing early shows because we're able to get out on time and not be there till like, you know, past midnight, which I prefer. it. So, uh, but yeah, every Wednesday at 930 or sometimes early on Spreaker, or if you're in my discord channel, hit me up so I can give you a link and you can join. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on social media. As far as social media goes, you can find me on Twitter, which is the same name. Just type in Drew Yard. You'll find me on Twitter, same thing, Instagram, Facebook. Um, the show is pretty much everywhere you can think of. It's on you know, Spreaker, which is my home base, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You know, I have a YouTube channel, which I, I don't stream video games on there anymore because I, I was getting like, copyright strikes. So I, I stream on Twitch, which... Um, if you go to my, if you go to my Twitter, you, you click on the link tree. You can go to my Twitch channel and just, you know, subscribe. And anytime I'm streaming, you can, you know, watch me play, and you know, we can talk a little shit. So uh, this Wednesday, uh, RJ is going to be on the show. So we're just going to, you know, talk shit, talk, you know, NXT, and maybe, you know, do some predictions for, um, ah, fuck, what was I going to call it? Vengeance Day. There, Vengeance Day for this Sunday, which right. uh, uh, we, you're not going to. Uh, you you said you and Monty are doing something for that day, correct? Right, right. So uh, yeah, yeah. Me, Arj is going to be on the show this Wednesday. So, and then I'll be having a uh, post show for uh, NXT uh, Vengeance Day with uh, Jeff Flipman. If you're if you're a fan of uh, Garden of Doom and the Hammerlock Hangover podcast, he's on the he's on those shows. You're going to like it. So Jeff's a good guy. He's a good, he's a good friend of mine. He's, again, like we we're going back to. There's very few people I call a friend. I, Jeff, I consider a good friend. So. Yeah, but uh, good peoples. Yeah, you, you can find me on those. Uh, you can you can find me this week. I'm I'm gonna be a very busy boy this week, just like I already yeah. am. Now. <laughs> yep, same same with me, man. I'm putting myself back out there again. I'm taking taking advantage of this time. Um, but Drew, it's always a pleasure, whether it's on my show or your show. 
It's always a pleasure. I'm glad you was able to do this with me today. It's it's always fun being able to get on, especially with your boys, you know, and and talk some shit and just have fun. You know what I'm saying? Like that's this is what I live to do. This is what I, this is what I want to do with this podcast and everything like that. So thank you for coming on and uh and and, and spending your afternoon with me. And uh to everybody out there, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh this first edition. This 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 is the first show that I've done. This the first ever Savage Squad show I've done all year long. And I apologize for that. Uh this work schedule that I'm working now is very, very difficult. Uh certain they'll tell me I have certain days off and then they'll switch it and this, that, and the other. So like it's very hard to try to really prepare for anything unless I have an indefinite day off. So yeah, I apologize for that. But hey, I'm back now and I'm gonna be pushing out shows as much as I can. So uh just be patient with me. It's like Captain America said, patience. Yeah, exactly. Patience, patience. But yeah, Drew, go ahead and head head up out of here, man. And uh thank you again, buddy. Absolutely, man. Hey, thank you for inviting me on. I mean, and again, I'm always available on Tuesdays. So if you ever want mm-hmm. me to come back on again, just let me know. All right, we'll do, we'll do. And with that being said, this is RJ the Brooklyn Savage. On the half of Drew Yari. Peace.